Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Good morning, everybody. It is a brisk Saturday morning in the Delaware Valley, along with my pal Jody Mack. I'm Glenn Mack now. Mike Sealski traveling to Indianapolis today for tomorrow's game. Jody, how are you, pal? Brisk? What are you talking about? It's beautiful outside today. Brisk can be beautiful. Well, no, Sunny I'll tell but chilly. You. I'll tell you where brisk is. Your old stomping grounds. <laughs> I know. Upstate New York. You want to talk about brisk. I know. Can't even play a game. I know. Be, be thankful we are here in the Delaware Valley right about now, just because it might be a tad brisk outside. Uh, and I don't think we're going to get four feet of snow, so that's a good thing. <laughs> exactly. So, Jody Mack, I want to get your opinion right off the bat on something, because I think it was a bit of overreaction city around here this week. Uh, a lot of gloom and doom for a team that stands at 8-1. and one. Fire Jonathan Gannon. They're going to fall apart and miss the playoffs. The success is not sustainable. Uh, to which I would say, I'm not going to tell you there aren't some issues, but relax. I am curious if you see the big picture any differently. Very similar, uh, maybe just slightly differently. Uh, and again, we all get our reaction different ways. I did a show during the week, uh, my Birds 365, which we take feedback on, your social media exchanges. Uh, not as much panic in the streets as I think you just put forth. But one thing that I think you are dead on accurate about is the disdain for Jonathan Gannon in this town. <laughs> and, oh, by the way, I have a serious, I mean serious critique of Jonathan Gannon, but it's not the guy should be run out of town. Right. That They're one of the top defenses in the National Football League, depending on what metric, depending on what analytics you want to look at, and we could debate that till the cows come home. Um, but they're not a bad defense by any stretch of the imagination. And to suggest that they should run off a coach who's the defense coordinator on a team that five days ago was undefeated is kind of ludicrous. That's why I saw the massive overreaction. Right. And Good. I get it because... The, the, the Gannon is not liked in this town. He's not the cut out of the same mold of former defensive coordinators and or defensive head coaches we've had here and down. And there's only one way to do it in the minds of a percentage of the Eagles fans. And it's blood and guts. It's kill the quarterback. It's blitz on every single down. And that's just not the NFL in 2022. And these people need to catch up and realize that that's the case. The, the overreaction to me was almost exclusively tied to the defensive coordinator. Okay. So, and you kind of hinted at something else, which is where I think we should go next, which is the Washington game 
And the game before, the Houston game, kind of exposed some definite weaknesses in that defense. Top of the list is defense against the run. I don't think the sky is falling, but they have an aspect of their game that is increasingly showing that it needs to get fixed. They lost Jordan Davis. That hurt. Damian Pierce ran wild over them that Thursday night, but the Texans are a bad team, so Eagles won without too much problem. And then Washington held the ball for 40-plus minutes on Monday. It's funny, Jody, because the, the commies averaged 3.1 yards a carry, but they always seem to have third and short, and they always seem to convert. Uh, and now they catch a Colts team with the great Jonathan Taylor. Upcoming after that is Aaron Jones, uh, the Packers, and Derrick Henry, and Saquon Barkley. And that, that gets a little scary. So they reacted this week and brought in two former All-Pro defensive tackles. And I guess they're believing and or hoping that that cures all wounds and ills of their inability to stop the run. We'll see. I have no idea what Linval Joseph and or Dominican Sue have left in the tank. You have to like it if you're an Eagle fan because they're signifying we're all in. We, we don't believe, despite the fact that a percentage of our fan base might believe the sky is falling, we don't. We think we're a legit Super Bowl contender, and we're going to go to whatever links we have to try and fix the problems that we have. And you got to love that about your team. When they do that, if you're a fan of that team, you have to love it. That They're, yep. they're pushing their chips into the middle of the table, uh, so that's a very good sign. Now, will it work? I don't know. we got to see these guys on the field and see what they have left. It's a little disconcerting to me that neither one of these two had signed with a team throughout the season have been sitting on the sidelines for the first 10 weeks of the year. Um, we'll see if it's just they were holding out for the right contract. They're holding out for the right team to land with. Hopefully that's the case, that they were just waiting for the Eagles to call and, and uh, tell them they'd like to add them to their defensive line. Uh, but I do appreciate the fact that the team is all in to win this year and Howie Roseman got both of those deals done. The downside is it kind of tells you what they think of Marlon Tuipolotu and Milton Williams. Well, he's hurt. Well, Marlon, Mar Marlon is hurt. He's, right. he's, he's out. He's on the IR. So I think he's also out. So that, yes. Um, right. But we have no idea when Marlon's coming back. Right. But not soon. So, so the, I, I think you're right. I think they needed to make a move. And um, they signed two guys who together weigh about 700 pounds. And, Jody, they're about as old as you and I. Um, I. I agree with what you said in terms of, you know, all praise to Howie to do it. I hope I'm wrong on what I'm about to say. You know what it feels a little bit like to me? What's back that? when you and I were doing the show back in the 90s, like those flyer pickups of – Adam Oates and Paul Coffey, and, and remember all those moves the Flyers would make? And like, oh, look, they got Adam Oates, man. He's great. Well, once was. Hope I'm wrong. Better days so, are behind them. I, the, oh, yeah. The, the one I remember most about you and I was when they got Dale Howard Chuck. <laughs> And we had Bobby Clark on hours before, oh, hours, oh, yes, hours before, and he said, we're not planning on doing anything. Uh, I'm not going to be dictated to by the rest of the National Hockey yeah. League. And then hours later, they went out and got Dale Howard. Yeah, as we're talking, it was like, uh, no moves for me. Oh, phone's ringing. I got to go. <laughs> Ten minutes later, we were... <laughs> Jody, I was shocked. Bobby Clark lied to us, Jody. Yeah, I, he did. Just I could not believe that. Us. All right, uh, so. I think of the two, Sue is the more impactful guy. He was, he was. Listen, last year he was good with Tampa. Uh, he had six sacks. 
He's very durable. He's, he hasn't missed a game by injury since 2011 before this year. You remember, he was good in the Eagles against the playoffs this, uh, last year. So I, I think he's got the better shot. I also – somebody wrote something very funny on Twitter. They wrote, Sue is here to fill Derek Barnett's role. We haven't had a stupid personal foul guy since oh, week one. Oh, shot on goal score. <laughs> I mean, he does. But, you know, I think he can, he can be good. Do you remember – I'm not sure it was the last time, but the time with Linval Joseph. Jody Mack, I take you back to October 2018. Balls out, picked up by the Vikings. Joseph, can he win this long foot race? Linval Joseph, no flags, touchdown Minnesota. Carson Wentz versus the Eagles, scoreless game, snags the uh, pick six, a fat man touchdown. Vikings Eagles 2018. That's that's uh, my that's my memory of him. Somehow I've uh, added that, that one from my memory, uh, which because okay. uh, is I guess somewhat understandable. Um, here's where I might disagree with you. If you're just asking the question, who do I think's got more left in the tank, Sue or Joseph? I'd probably come down on your side and say Sue. But if the Eagles stick to what they do, and oh, I'll get to that in a second. That's my biggest gripe with Jonathan Gannon. Oh, yeah. Oh, we got a lot on that one. Sure. Then it, it might very well be Joseph because his game is more comparable to what they're missing with Jordan Davis. He's a true space-eating nose tackle. Put him in the middle. Occupy two uh, uh, offensive linemen so someone else can make tackles. And Dominican Sue is more like... When he and Fletcher Cox were both at the top of their game, very similar players can both play the run and get some pressure up the middle, get the passer. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what Sue's role is going to be. They may just ask him to do what uh, the, the, the hole they have in their defensive line is right now. I don't know if that's his strength at this time, but that has been Linval Joseph's strength throughout his career. Okay, well, maybe maybe that proves to be the case. Um, and, yes, we will in a moment talk about what I think you're alluding to, which is defensive scheme. But I will say before that, the Eagles now have five defensive linemen over age 30. Sue is 35. Joseph's 34. Brandon Graham is 34. Robert Quinn. You remember they got Robert Quinn? Yeah. He's 32. Fletcher Cox is 31, going on about 60. And Javon Hargrave turns 30 before the Super Bowl. Um Again, I am not going to panic, and I keep telling people, like, don't panic, don't panic, don't panic. But if there is one thing that – did you and I – it might have been Mike and I, the couple weeks ago, kind of ranked the Eagles units from top to bottom, right? Their receiving core is this good, and their secondary is this good, and so on. Um, and at that time, I said they don't have any unit that I would say is less than good in NFL standards. Defensive line's getting pretty old, and I worry that moving forward in a 17-game season with playoffs, those guys can wear down because I worry that I'm already seeing that. What are your thoughts? Mm, it all depends on uh, injuries, that if guys start getting hurt, and they, uh, you can never tell with the Eagle injuries during the week because they give guys off during rest uh, time that you can't uh, know anything until they actually get out there on Sundays. Uh, if they get uh, their big rookie DT back, yeah, I would still call their defensive line good because they can't get after the passer, um, and they are—they now have uh, tremendous depth if Joseph and uh, Sue are a portion of what they've been for their entire career. 
No, I, I, I wouldn't call it a weakness, but it's not a super strength. But uh, I think you used the word good. Would I still call their defensive line good? Yeah, I would. Okay. I worry that it will wear down. We will see. Let's get to what I think you're uh, wanting to get to, which is the fact that the Eagles have made a decision on defense this year. It is kind of their scheme that like that they will give up the run to prevent the big play. They are very effective at not giving up the big play. They've given up the fewest plays over 20 yards of any team in the NFL. That's nice. Problem is, opposition teams have figured out, hey, we can run all day. And if you have a good running back, and I don't even know that Washington had a particularly above-average running back, you can, that's the Eagles' flaw, and have yet to show a way to overcome that. Uh, is that where you were headed? Absolutely. Yeah. Here's here's my take. While I agree with the overall, all large arching overall way of getting things done and scheming like in the National Football League, I actually think the Eagles are a little ahead of the curve. They might be a little further down the road than most other teams, if not all other teams. But here's the problem with it. If you're so stringent in it, that this is the, the way it must be done. It's the only way it can be done. It's our way or the highway. Yeah, other teams are going to adjust. And you're right. The, James Robinson is a good between-the-tackles runner. He's not a top two, top five, top ten runner. Oh, they're coming up on the schedule rather shortly. You have to be able to adjust. You can't think, you can't be so arrogant and stubborn that because we've got a good grasp on our system and the way we play football, we're just going to be able to roll it out there every single week, darn the opponent, darn what the other team is doing. We're going to inflict our will on the other team. You're good, but you're not that good. We're not talking about eight all-pros here on defense for the Eagles where you can just say, yeah, we know what we're going to do. I've referenced this with you and with others, Johnny Mack, my partner on Birds 365. Uh, and this will be a little painful for Eagle fans to listen to. When you and I were partners, the Dallas Cowboy offense, with five Hall of Famers on the front line, a Hall of Fame quarterback, a Hall of Fame running back, and a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Jimmy Johnson could hand his playbook to the other team's coach and go, here's what we're going to run. And then they'd go out and run it because Mm. they were just more talented than the other team and said, we can tell you, but we're going to execute it well enough that we don't believe you can stop us. And for the most part, you couldn't. This Eagle defense is not that good. They're not on that level. We're not looking at eight Hall of Famers on this Eagle defense. So you have to be able to adjust. You have to have some flexibility. And the Eagles are showing none. So rather than show flexibility this week, Howie Roseman says, well, let me go out and get reinforces. Let's bring in a couple of uh, maybe Hall of Fame level players that are well past their prime. We'll just plug them in and they'll do what Jordan Davis did so we can stick to the defense we play. Why don't you just put another line back on the field? Are you telling me that uh, uh, N'Kobe Dean can't cover the other team's backup tight end? You have that much fear that the other team's backup tight end is going to beat you down the field for a 50-yard touchdown pass that you can't put this kid on the field. Nope, that's not uh, Jonathan Gannon. He's going to play his five DBs, two linebackers, and four defense linemen every single play, come heck or high water, doesn't matter who the opponent is. Yeah. And it is an interesting year in the NFL because uh, 
I mean, I think you're right. The Eagles are ahead of the curve in having this as their defensive philosophy, but it has become more prevalent, and so other teams are compensating. I just read this the other day. A guy named Mike Tanier, who I follow, T-A-N-I-E-R, on Twitter. He's a good football guy, writes this for the New York Times. NFL teams are averaging 122 rushing yards per game this season, highest since 1987, and runners are averaging 4.5 yards per carry this season, highest ever. So what has been a passing league on offense is dealt with by defenses like the Eagles saying, okay, we're going to play the pass, as in we're going to play the big play. So now offenses are switching back and saying, okay, you'll give us the run, we'll run. And they're running effectively. By the way, Ray Dinger wins the day. He's, he's finally got what he wants. Um the pendulum is swinging back. What has been a passing game, now the defenses are built to prevent the big play, sacrificing the short yards. So for the first time, we're, they're swinging back. And, and you're right. The Eagles have to figure it out. It is not and, – and listen, I think they signed those two defensive backs for what you say, but for another couple reasons. One is when Jordan Davis does come back, he's a rookie. He weighs 300 and whatever, 60 pounds. He's not going to be in you know, great shape to play right away. He's just not. And the other thing is, you saw the other night, Fletcher Cox played 70 plays, and um, Javon Hargrave played 66, and Cox said on Wednesday that he, he felt like bleep because mm-hmm. uh, he was overworked. He was overworked, but he didn't do anything. I think he's had... Uh, five tackles in the last three games, something like that. I mean, he's he's been non-existent. Uh, the, uh, he is a great player who will go into the Eagles Hall of Fame. Jody, I got fear that he's kind of shot, and I think they may have fear that he's kind of shot. Yeah, I said this on Birds 365 on, on Tuesday. Um, the two defensive players for me in a night where the defense got exposed, the two worst players were Darius Slay and Fletcher Cox. Now, Darius Slay is playing to a Pro Bowl level, has been all year long. He threw in a clunker. A couple of the passes that looked like he was the main guy in coverage were uh, zone coverages, and he might not have been in the exact right spot, but it looked even worse than it was. But don't kid yourself, Darius Slay had a pretty bad night, and he didn't take as much accountability as I would have liked after the game. But uh, anyway. The boy, that, that's the first. Uh He's Slay. He's big play Slay, and you have to believe that, all right, this week he'll go back to being big play Slay because he'd been pretty darn close and phenomenal for the first eight games. He'd been great all year, absolutely. Right. Fletcher, not so much. What what game do you want to point to this year where you go, well, Fletcher was a key cog in our defense on the defensive line. I don't have one off the top of my head. I know he got his hand in on several tackles. Well, that's because – the, the, just by process of elimination, the commanders ran so many plays, he had to get his hand in on a couple of tackles. I did not think Fletcher Cox played well, and yes, I feared that the, uh, the, the backing up of Fletcher Cox's talent level is picking up speed. Yeah, uh, I do too. The, the, the best game he had, I thought, was the first game against Washington. Uh, he had, a, I think, a sack and a half or whatever. But yeah, he is, uh, and maybe a forced fumble, but he's... Yeah, he. The more he plays, the worse he looks. And so, a guy that age, that much mileage on him. Again, I salute him as a great eagle. But you can't ask him to play seventy plays a game. I don't know that you can ask him to play forty plays a game. Um, all right, real quick before we go to break. By the way, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. 
215-592-9494. Tomorrow is the Colts. They beat the Raiders last week in Jeff Saturday's first game. Jody, I did not see a snap of it. I don't know what to think. Uh, Matt Ryan is back at quarterback. He had a, what, a 39-yard run? Yeah, oh, I saw that play. i seen that on replay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a lot of, lot of room, a lot of space. Did A quick aside on that one, Blake, um, I, we had uh, a Colts uh, uh, guy on to talk about the matchup on Birds 365 this week, and he shared this with us. I didn't see it. Matt Ryan's wife commented on that play that he was heading toward the sidelines and he did a stop, plant, and reverse field and just left the D-back in the dirt and turned it upfield and went for another almost 20 yards. His wife commented, yeah, well, there was no way Matt was going back to the bench. That he was heading toward the side. After he had gotten benched, he turned it back up. It was a hell of a play by the uh, ancient like that. quarterback that is, but his wife had the best tweet on the play. So I I like that. I, I, I hate – well, I don't know if I hate doing the worry meter because I do it. Uh, I was at a 2.0 against Washington. I was clearly wrong. I am at a 4 on a scale of 1 to 10, my worry meter for tomorrow. Uh, the Colts did beat the Chiefs earlier this year. They have a good kicking game, good special teams, which is, to me, the weakest part of the Eagles being the special teams. So I will tell you, my worry meter is a 4. What do you say? Probably in the very same neighborhood you're in. And it comes down to very, one very simple thing. Can the Colts do exactly what the Washington football team did, the, the commanders did? Can they photocopy that and just roll it out there and go, all right, we're going to do the same exact thing? And or are either of the two newest additions, they've both been here about 20 minutes, able to step in and make the Eagles better against the run? Or, and I would put this at about a 2% chance, Will Jonathan Gannon react and make changes to his defense if Jonathan Taylor goes for 85 yards in the first half? I, I don't know the answer to that question. I'd like to know the answer. I don't. If you tell me that that's not going to be an issue, there's no way Jonathan Gannon is going to do, okay, fine, my confidence meter is a nine. But I don't know, and if I were a betting man, I would probably bet against the Eagles making adjustments. I think the adjustment is let's plug in our newest Eagles. They should be fresh. They haven't played all year. We don't know exactly whether they can even play at all, but let's give it a shot. I don't know if that's going to be enough. Yeah, that's a lot to ask for guys who are stepping off a plane uh, and haven't played this year. But as my friend Jody McDonald always said, we shall see what we shall see. Uh, so here's the deal. Let me give you the numbers again. 215-592-9494. Coming up, we're going to uh, uh, do our Scheib Sports. This week in Philadelphia Sports History. And off of that, give you a chance to win a $50 Scheib gift card with a very fun little twist. we got some good Phillies conversation we're going to get into later. Sixers won last night. Maybe sustained an injury. We will talk about them. We'll always work the Flyers in. Um, and a whole lot going on today, including our NFL picks. So we would love you to join us. He is Jody McDonald. I'm Glenn Mack now. A 94 WIP. Hey, United Tires Black Friday Super Pricing has arrived. Get some of their best tires at the very best prices now. They're offering up to $120 off select sets of BF Goodrich and Michelin tires. Now through Cyber Monday, call or go to unitedtire.com for sale details or stop by your local United Tire store today. The weather doesn't get much better from here, so if you're needing tires, now's a great time to take advantage of great savings at United Tire. Don't drive alone, drive United.
Jordan McDonald, Glenn Mac now ninety four WIP. G Mac, I want I want yeah, to run, let me run one more thing by you before uh, we yeah. hit the phones and or uh, hit the contest. I don't know if you saw this this morning, uh, but there is another player who is making a pitch for himself to join in on this Eagle playoff run this upcoming year. He played, as in doesn't play it anymore, but uh, he's been inactive the last nine weeks, kind of like the two guys Eagles just added. This guy's kind of been active for the last nine weeks and two years on top of that. But former Eagle Darren Sproles says he can come off the couch and do a better job and give them a playoff run, kind of like what Eric Weddle did for the Rams last year. And he is volunteering his services to come in and uh, return punts and or kicks for the Philadelphia Eagle. Get away. Oh, well, hold on. Apparently, Vince Quinn's got some audio of this. Let's play it. Kyle Quinn. Jesus, Kyle. When I'm watching the games on Sunday, sometimes I'll be like, man, I, they call me right now uh, to go get some punts or something like that. I think I can still do it. What do you got? What do you got left? Tell me, Darren, really. I can give you a great playoff run. Uh, he is one of my all-time favorite players. I have no idea what he's got. He he retired, what, two years ago? Three years ago? Three. This would Three. be two and a half years since he yeah, was last well, on the field. It's a lot of time on the couch. I don't know what he's doing. You know, maybe he's running sprints every day. Uh, I think the easy answer is to say he could not be worse than what they have. I stand to lose dinner at Ralph's in my stupid bet with Mike Sealski over the Eagles return game. Somehow I bought into the fact that Britton Covey might be good. Well, Ouch. bought into the fiction that Britton Covey might be good. Uh, I'm down 6-1 to one on that bet. So I would vote, sight unseen, I would vote yes to Darren Sproles. Uh, I, I guess this was on the Up and Adams show, K. Adams on, uh, is it FanDuel or DraftKings? FanDuel. FanDuel. FanDuel Network. Uh, yesterday she had Darren Sproles on and he said, yeah, I'm ready to jump back in the fray. If they're going to bring Dominic and Sue off the couch, if they're going to bring uh, uh, all these elder defensive players back, well, why don't they bring an old punt returner back? I can get the job done for the Eagles. Darren Sproles back and returning punts before the month is up. You're in, Mac. So I, I'm in only because the, what they have now is so hideous. I'm in in that I would certainly fly Darren Sproles in. I think he lives down in New Orleans or he used to be from New Orleans. I would fly him up. I would certainly have him run around the stadium. And if he looked any good, I would say, Britton Covey, uh, where can we buy you a plane ticket to? And I saw this. I didn't see it on, on K's show yesterday, uh, but I saw that uh, my buddy BLG, Brandon Lee Gouton, put it up on Bleeding Green Nation. And uh, he means it. It, it. it He just played the clip, and it seems that uh, that's, it, this isn't just him uh, being asked to come on a show and then uh, trying to have some fun. Oh, no, he sounded like a guy who believes that this could be the case and he would be ready, willing, and able to do so for his former team. And by the way, in that very same interview, he did confirm the story from 2017 where he confronted Carson Wentz about uh, having to, yeah, you know, be happy for the team. You know, we're all injured. This is we're all dealing with the same thing. Is that sound that you're able to? Uh, cut, I will. Yeah, I'll come up with that. Just all right, see, that'd be very interesting. That is one of the uh, major stories in terms of kind of Wentz turning against the team, the team turning against Wentz. Uh, his last year was 2019. Uh, as you say, Joey played six games. Uh, I, I don't remember his injury, but I'm, I'm 
pretty sure he got injured. And, you know, I, look, I love the guy. He is now 30. He's 39. 39. Come on. He's a spring chicken compared to you and me back now. Well, yeah, that may be, Jody, but I'm not returning any punts. Do you remember? Actually, it's probably even before your time. You're a few years younger than I am. Back in the 70s, George Allen became the coach of Washington. Sure. And George Allen created what was called the Over the Hill Gang. Oh, yeah. And he brought in all these players who had made a ton of Pro Bowls but were in their mid to late 30s. And he put them together, and he had a playoff run with them. And, oh, by the way, traded every draft pick he had. So yes, that yes he was, did. You talk about what the Eagles did this week, pushing their chips into the middle of the table. Oh, George Allen did this 40, 50 years ago and said, draft picks, who the hell needs draft picks? Let's go for this. Uh, yeah. and, and to the Eagles' credit, they haven't had to give up a draft pick at all to get uh, reinforcements from the 30-plus club. And it wouldn't cost a draft, draft pick for Darren Sproles either. All right, it is time for This Week in Philadelphia Sports History, brought to you by Scheib Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Visit their location at Wayne and Lancaster Avenues in downtown Wayne or at ScheibSports.com. Jody Mack, I take you back 16 years ago this weekend. It is early in the second quarter. The Eagles are trailing the Tennessee Titans 7-3. to I, I could not find the exact play itself, but this is when they cut away to the studio for the update, and the boys from CBS are about to give you an update on the Eagles-Tennessee game. Nothing. Then McNabb, who's struggling a little bit today, he scrambles to his right, lands awkwardly out of bounds, and is forced to leave the game. They're checking his right knee. It looks like it's a problem with his right knee. He's replaced by Jeff Garcia, and they're waiting a word on Donovan McNabb and the injury. And as Dan was indicating again, apparent right leg injury there will certainly keep you updated on the injury status of Donovan McNabb. And again, as Dan indicated, Jeff Garcia in for the Eagles. Yeah, well, I can give you the update. McNabb tore his ACL, Jody Mack, putting the Eagles, uh, putting him on the IR for the second consecutive season. He was having a great year up to that point. He was leading the NFL in touchdown percentage and yards per attempt. The Titans, by the way, were 2-7 and seven at the time, led by rookie quarterback. Steve McNair? Vince Young. Vince Young. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Future Eagle. How'd that go? Dream team. Uh, well, that week, Tennessee beat the Eagles 31-13 in the long term. Vince Young, no. But here's here's where I'm going with this. Jeff Garcia, you remember, came in. The Eagles didn't win that game, but he became a folk hero. They won their last five regular season games. Uh, the Merry Christmas Philadelphia beat the Cowboys on Christmas Day in Dallas. It was, for Eagles fans, a great, great moment. He, he actually, I looked this up, he beat all three division opponents on the road in three straight weeks that December. Wow. Yeah. Had even better passing numbers than McNabb, throwing to the likes of Reggie Brown and Dante Stallworth and L.J. Smith. The Eagles beat the Giants in the playoffs that year. He becomes a – I think they lost to the Saints, I think. He becomes a folk hero. He gets votes for comeback player of the year, and then he was gone. And then McNabb came back. Thank you very much. He had the opportunity to go to Tampa, made a Pro Bowl at age 37, talking about old guys. Uh, and that's how it ended. So here's here's where I first of all let me let me back up and just ask you you have any recollection of that any any thoughts on that whole thing? No, a uh, couple of mea culpas from yours truly. Number one, 
I thought Vin Chung was going to be a heck of a player coming out of Texas. I said, this guy's going to be a, a franchise quarterback. Oops. Number two, I apologize on Wednesday night here on WIP. I'll do so again for uh, weekend listeners. I was guilty, as a lot of WIP guys were, maybe you and, you and uh, Sielski last weekend, uh, for talking about the Eagles in an undefeated season. And I did so in a very hypothetical way, yeah. saying, what happens if yeah, yeah. you get yeah, to week it. 15 and uh, Jalen Hurts looks in the camera and says, Merry Christmas, Philadelphia, because on December 24th, they beat the Cowboys in Dallas and they're 15-0. and My question was, how the Eagles going to handle the last two games of the season? Are they going to put everybody on the bench, history in the making, and say, hell with this, we're going to win a Super Bowl? It wasn't so much a braggadocia of the Eagles going undefeated as it was to ask a hypothetical question, but it gave me remembrances of uh, Jeff Garcia on Christmas that Jalen Hurts could do the same thing again this year. So, again, I apologize. Apologize, because I went down the undefeated road, and yeah, that blew up in everybody's did. face uh, this week. Yeah, you know, you you, you kind of everybody kind of dream. By the way, just one quick throwaway, because I always you know, I look up like, what are we going to do for the Shibe Sports Week? Also, just on this day in 1976, Rocky debuted. Really? Yes. Why did I think it was a summer movie? Maybe that was no, Rocky too. No, no, no. I I remember you're thinking of Jaws. Um, no, I'm thinking of Rocky too because I oh, remember Rocky the too. girl I went to the movie with. Oh, I it was the girl I went to the movie with. I married her. That would be Mrs. Mack now. It was uh, like one. The, of, it was. It was. If it wasn't our first date, but it was like one of our first three dates. Yeah. Okay. The girl. And, the girl I went with to Rocky too. Nice girl. Still like her, but uh, no, didn't become Mrs. McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> a different date at the time. But I know it's during the summer because that's when we dated during the summer. So yeah. it must be Rocky, too. I'm getting the two Rockies confused. That, that's fine. Uh, what I remember about seeing Rocky the first time in a theater, right? And you saw it the first time in a theater as well? Yeah, I obviously. You're so, on a sure, date. Yeah. yeah, you didn't take it to your house to watch on TV. No, I don't remember Rocky 1, but I so, remember going oh, Rocky 2. Right. So Rocky 1, it's like we didn't know anything going in, right? And nobody did. It, it was not a big-name release. They kind of took it out and they didn't realize until it gained momentum what they had on their hands and i remember watching it in a theater and it was uh it was right around christmas and um it actually yeah it was right around christmas and the theater was pretty full and when they have the boxing scene at the end the 25 minute boxing scene him against apollo people are jumping out of their seats and throwing punches into the air and cheering and it was like being at a live fight it was so great and so unexpected just didn't see it come in and loved it that's what I remember. It was uh, all-time great. And yes. little did anybody know then, and little did at the time, neither you nor I were a Philadelphia resident, that we'd know that it would become such a big part of yeah, our lives. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so anyway, I'm going to get back to the Garcia thing. and I'm going uh, We got our giveaway today. $50 gift certificate to Shive Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. And here's what it is today. Jeff Garcia was here for a season. He started... Five, I think he started. No, he started five games because he won five games at the end of the year. Or maybe he went five and one, whatever. And that was it. And then he left. He actually came back for like a cup of coffee a few years later. But that was it. He was pretty much one and done. And he was a hero. He got the Eagles into the playoffs. He was great. Give us the guy who had the best, really short career here, a season, maybe a season and a half. He came. He went. He was brilliant. We love them. The winner gets the $50 gift certificate to Shibe Sports. You want to throw out a name to start, Jody? By all means. Uh, if you want me to. 
but I would. And you you want to wait I, on it? I, I do because okay. I want to give the callers a chance because there is no doubt in my mind that I have not a name. I have the name. Oh, the guy okay. who just matches the description that you just put out there to a T. All right. Then let's – we'll hold on to that. Now, as always, the esteemed Professor Kyle Quinn is the judge on this. And, and Kyle – Oh, by the way, Kyle's with me because he's a smart man. That is correct. Oh, you've already discussed it. No, I have not, but I have complete and utter faith in Kyle. Oh, oh so <laughs> sight unseen. You're believing in Kyle here. Okay. Uh, as always, there is one essential rule. Kyle, what's the rule for callers on this? Well, they have to give a good sports point before they give their uh, answer Correct. to the contest. Correct. Don't don't just call up to win a prize. You got to have a valid and interesting point. Uh, I know I'm late, but I want to sneak in a call here before the break. Mitchie Tools uh, is with uh-huh. us, and Mitch, uh, before you you talk, I just want to. Um, I saw you earlier this week. Uh, extend my sympathies for the passing of your mom. Was just a great woman. And yes. um, both the funeral and the shiver were just beautiful affairs. So my best to yes. you and, and all your family. Thank you. Hi, Jody. How you doing? Mitch, good to hear from you, buddy. You my doing? condolences. Yeah. Boy, Jeff Garcia. I remember people were getting jerseys here. He was he was God for those five games. It was great. It was great. Beat Dallas on Christmas Day in Dallas. Oh, my God. I mean, it was like... Let's just sign him long term here. You know, forget. <laughs> right. Unbelievable. It's true. Right. There, were were, ready. there was some ready to move on from McNabb. Absolutely yes. right. Yes. 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 I remember that. It was like everybody's talking about. You know, Fletcher Cox, okay, he'll give you. He'll, you know, he, he, he's not here next year, but he's, he's still going to give you, you know, a, a couple tackles and his presence there. You know, he's still, he's still a big guy, but, you know, Jordan Davis is definitely missed. And, uh, but listen, 8 1 sounds, still sounds fantastic. And I think Sunday they'll have no problems. You know, twenty-seven to seventeen Eagles. Uh, okay. I, yeah, it might might be closer. But I mean, we're gonna pick our we're gonna make our picks at the end. Yeah. So, Mitch, you know, you're in the, the Flyers, do not panic I mean, move, right? The Flyers. Can they win a Can they win a couple games straight? My God, <laughs> unbelievable. Well, uh, I would suggest that the Flyers <laughs> we have seen over the last five games is probably closer to reality than what we saw before that. Yeah. Ah, bring back the old, talking about old, you know, you were talking about Sproles and everything. Ah, it's not the same to fly guys, you know? No, The old flyers. Not. Mitch, again, uh, I love you and all my best to your family, pal. All right, take care, guys. Thank you. All right, you Thank got you. it. 215-592-9494. Jody McDonald, Glenn Macknick. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That's Kate Scott last night as the Sixers uh, beat the Bucks in a in a nice win, but potentially costly win. Tyrese Maxey leaves the game in the second quarter with a foot injury. Adrian, Adrian Wojnarowski uh, reported that x-rays were negative. He's going to have an MRI today. Uh, we'll see what happens. Shake Milton, DeAnthony Melton. Uh, managed the backcourt in the second half, did a nice job. Uh, with Korkmaz out, they, they won and beat with 32. Um... I don't know, Jody. They beat the Bucks, which is kind of nice. Uh, very, I think they're it's five hundred for the first time now. Very dominant stretch uh, by Joel Embiid these last three games. Been off the charts great, and that's why he is the man here in town. Uh, again, you, know, you get your reactions from so many different places. Yeah, every once in a while, Joel is a no-show and just doesn't seem to be giving the effort and not busting it, getting up and down the floor. The guy's as talented as any player there is in the NBA. There's a reason why he's been the, uh, the runner-up for the MVP two years running. And right now, I would put him right there at the top of the list for the MVP again. Now, the Sixers have to get a little bit over 500. You're right. Uh, but they have won three in a row. And he is he's worth the price of admission all by himself. Yeah. Meanwhile, Flyers have lost five in a row, as we said with Mitch. Torts is getting salty. Uh, he oh, said- it's going to be fun. Oh, <laughs> really? You know, hiring him, like half half of the excitement is when is he going to go off? And he's, exactly. He's sniped a few times. Said the other day, it's hard to identify who we are until we get some damn players back. I really have to be careful about staying patient with this until we find out who we are and when we have a few important guys who are out. Uh, because he had started to rip his own club, and then he realized, like, eh, maybe I'll wait. But he will, and he'll rip the media and uh, – He's the show. And and the fans. Uh, and I, I was actually pleasantly surprised. Well, 
in, in a way surprised, but also disappointed because there's two different uh, views here. Number one is what's best for the team, and number two, what's best for entertainment purposes with a team that you really don't believe is going anywhere anyway. Uh, Tortorella is the most uh, exciting thing about the Flyers right now, and he had been good. He had been tempering his uh, evaluation of his own talent, which he hasn't been in other places He's getting close. It's it's like the bubbling volcano. You can see the bubbling, and you know at some point the eruption's going to come. Uh, to his credit, he hasn't gotten there yet with his players. Oh, he's gotten there with others. Uh, he's had a couple of quotes. Well, when others say, well, who are others? The media, the fans. He, he doesn't want to get involved in his own room just yet. Uh, but uh, mark my words, the eruption is coming. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> Because I, I gotta be honest, I'm having a hard time watching that team. They just there's, and I appreciate that he's the coach, and they were they were doing better for a while, but you know they're not good. So he's kind of he's the show. They have no scorers, Glenn. No, they, they have no guys who can put the puck in the net. They have no, no. snipers. They have no. no power plays. No Tim Kerr on this team who can plant himself on the doorstep and get goals. The defense has improved. D'Angelo's been pretty damn good, and I know there was some controversy to him coming here. He's he can move the puck, and he's a pretty good player. He's actually, in my opinion, one of their better offensive players on the back line. Um, but they just don't have scorers on this team. No, they do not. Eric in Maryland is with us. Good morning, Eric. Hey, good morning, fellas. Morning. Uh, yeah, so I wanted to talk about uh, Sproles. Uh, I'm all for him uh, coming back and everything uh, just for a trial. But, you know, you got to remember uh, his last two years with the Eagles, he was hurt all season. Yes, he and was. My, con- my concern would be, you know, two, two and a half years laid off, coming back, going to get even though he just wants to return punts, and kickoffs, you're still going to get hit at some point. And, you know, I just worry about, you know, him getting injured like he was previously. Yeah, I mean, the more I think about it, it is kind of a pipe dream. And we loved him here, and he was an extremely valuable player. But actually, his last three seasons he was hurt. You remember the Super Bowl season, he was injured, played three games. 2018, he played six games. 2019, he played six games. So his last full season was 2016. Yeah, long way. Jody, I don't know if your daughter was old enough to vote in 2016. Uh, Barely, yes, she was. Uh, But, uh, and and, uh, that you you, uh, coined it well. Pipe dream. That's what this is. It's a pipe dream. But... I get it because in a week where they get Linval Joseph off the couch and get uh, Dominican Sue off the couch, I can see where Darren Sproles gets a little excited and flexes his verbal muscles and on a national show says, I can go back and do that. I, yeah. I help a team for a great Super Bowl run. Yeah, Corey Simon. I, 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 would, I, I, would, I would definitely give him a shot, but whereas, like, Joseph and Sue, you know, are a little bit more – yeah, she uh, had a good year right. last year, right? Well, well, you know, Sproles was enjoying retired life. I, I hear you, uh, Eric. Who was the short-term hero? I guess that's what we'll call it. Uh, I'm gonna go with Sean Barber. Sean Barber, linebacker. Good yep. play. Yeah, I remember. I think he went to Washington after that. Uh, yeah, he, he, he did real well for us that that season and a half that we got him. Yeah, he's yeah, he good. just kind of left. I don't know that he's going to end up being the winner. I think he left as a free agent. Not sure he's going to be the winner, but I I remember 
remember him fondly, I guess. Sure. Yeah, he's a good, solid uh, Eagle linebacker. I, I, I'd say it's a, it's a good shot. Uh, I got better. <laughs> I, I, I love, I love your confidence with your answer. Yes. <laughs> Mine wins. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Jody, I can get you a deal at Chibe Sports if you need one. That's okay. No, All right. No, no, no. Let's, uh, I wanna, I'm moving this guy up because I want to I get to what he wants to talk about. Joe in Merchantville has got a thought on a guy who I think he and I both believe should get a shot. Uh, yeah, well, first my, uh, my sports point. Jody, I was listening to you the other night and, uh, about how you would use N'Kobe Dean I, and I thought it made it made so much sense. I don't understand why that guy hasn't been on the field hardly at all. Because he doesn't fit Jonathan Gannon's scheme. Plain and simple. The, the, the Eagles are going to play five defensive backs every single play, come heck or high water, no matter what the other team puts out there. Glenn, I gave this stat the other night. Yeah. I think we might have lost Jody. Joe, are you there? Yeah. Yeah, go I'm ahead. We, I think we lost Jody. We'll get him back. But go uh, ahead, Jody. Okay. Well, anyway, I, I listen, like, and I, I will speak for Jody. I don't know what he said about using him, what stat he gave, but... Uh, okay, Jody, you're back with us? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Uh-oh. I think we lost him again. All right, Jody's going to have to... That's all right. We'll get we'll get Jody back, but I I am very much in favor of getting N'Kobe Dean some, some reps here. You drafted him in the third round. I understand he may not have been ready, but he's got a. You're having real trouble, and he's a guy who's going to come and hit people. Joe, who is your short-term yeah. hero? Well, first, a real quick question: Is it is it impact career just a great time here, or is it? And we love him too. Uh it is. But it is whatever whatever Kyle Quinn judges. So who you got? Yeah. All right, then I'm 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 going to go with Terrell Owens. Oh well. That's certainly a, that is certainly a pretty good name. It was short term, and a lot of it was great. Not all of it. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Jody Mack, we'll get him back. I'm Glenn Mack now with you until one o'clock today on ninety four WIP. Hey, I can tell you from my long association with the folks at Meridian Bank, they are among the best and brightest when it comes to the banking part. But when they but but they are also a bunch that likes to have a good time. Maybe that's why Meridian has just been ranked as a number one Delaware Valley place to work. Now for you, that kind of company culture translates into both business success and a thoroughly enjoyable experience. If your business banking is painful, a cure is available, and you can find it at meridianbanker.com. Jordan McDonald, Glenn Macnell on a Saturday. Mike Sealski, who normally does Saturday, is traveling to Indianapolis for tomorrow's game. Uh, take a few calls, and we will discuss some fight and fills off season. Dave starts us out. Dave, you have some recollections of Jeff Garcia's yeah, I do. moments? I'm working on a deal. I'm an investment advisor with Jeff Garcia, really? the old Eagle quarterback, and Lucy Lee, which will make sense to both you and to Jody because I'm a golfer. I'm kind of his golf guy that calls in. And uh, Garcia is a really interesting guy. And I still think he could get under center and take a snap. He's uh, 
his roommate is the guy from high school that got us involved. He had gone to Stanford for an wait, NBA. Wait, wait, did you say you think he could still get under center and take a stand? I do think he could. He, right. he yeah, hold on. Land. Now we're getting out of hand. All right, we yeah, got I, Linville I Joseph. I, I, we got Dominic and Sue. Now we got Sproles talking about it. Now you're talking Jeff Garcia, who's got to be 52? Uh, yeah, my point was he just has so much energy. I know, know, I, know, I, mean? I know, I know. Kind of like Tommy McDonald. Have you ever been in a room with Tommy McDonald when he was still alive? I have been in a room. I watched a play sitting next to Tommy McDonald, which was quite an experience. And I have also spent time. We used to have Jeff Garcia on the show back in the day. Uh, Dave, who is now, the guy that you, you would say? Okay, you want me to pick my guy, and then I want to thank you all for something. Okay, pick your guy, and then thank us all. Michael Bennett. Oh. The defensive uh, lineman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Small shoulder pads and all. Yeah, small shoulder pads. Kind of weird. Didn't even look like he had shoulder pads on. Yeah, okay. And what did you want to thank I like the I want to thank Jody and you, because I don't know what you did, but at my wife's memorial... There was a presentation of flowers from the WIP fans of golf for my wife, Annie, that had to cost somebody a fortune. Uh, when we looked at it, my daughter and I, Tia, we were stunned. But it this... came WIP golf listeners, and I don't know if you do anything to do with it, but if you did or you didn't, thank whomever did. Uh, I I did not have anything to do with it, and my sympathies to you and your family, and I will certainly pass that along and, and wish you the best with that. Uh, you remember Michael Bennett came from Seattle, right? Yeah. I thought it was a really good signing by the Eagles that offseason. And it was an up-and-down tenure that he had here, and he was a bit of a wild child, got himself in trouble in a couple places, but still had something left in the tank when he was here. Yeah. I, I remember Michael Bennett. That was a good, solid signing by the Eagles. Yeah, the first couple that have been mentioned are kind of good, solid guys. There's some really, really good ones. I'm actually... Uh, for whatever reason, that made me think of a guy who was with the Sixers briefly in the last few years who maybe should have stayed, which is about big of a clue, I guess, as I should have given on that one. Exactly. Yeah, all right. Let's go to Bob in Williamstown. Hello, Bob. Hi, guys. Good morning. Happy holidays to everybody. Happy um, holidays. The first thing I want to, I'm going to talk about before I actually need Joe, uh, Jody for my guy. I'm glad you uh, got back here. Um, the... Eagles talk last week as far as Monday. I'm not talking about you, Jody, with your show. I didn't even know you said this. But people that were really serious that the Eagles were getting too big for their britches. We need a loss. We need to get them back on track, which I never thought a loss was good for anybody. But then on Tuesday when they lost, the same people thought the world was going to end. <laughs> Monday, Monday, you thought that they were too big. Let's get a loss. On well, I, I can't address anything I didn't say, and no, I, I don't think Jody said it either. Yeah, I but, yeah, there, there was some of that in this town. It's 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 just kind kind of ridiculous. Uh, if that if that that's a blueprint, I'll take it because the only reason that that uh, three point one or three point two yards a carry was okay was they had no penalties, so they were never at first and twenty to where they had to throw the ball. They were we hardly tackled them for losses at all, so they were behind the stick. So third and one always got the fourth down, and they were great on third down conversions. I, I would love to play everybody to want to do that to us because we're not we won't lose. Except they did. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, I know. That's what I said. That was the perfect storm. Well, the perfect storm could happen again. I I don't think it's that outrageous to think that what the commanders did on Monday night is uh, off the chart can't be uh, duplicated. Sure it can. It could be duplicated on Sunday by the Colts. 
No, I, I, I think you misunderstood. I said it, it can be duplicated, but I, I would like when people do that. I want to see them run at 3.2 yards uh, a carry and, and have their quarterback not be able to complete 50 per, 50% of his passes. I'll, but, I'll do that. But another reason that it worked was that the Eagles' defensive line was unable to stop them for losses. So you mentioned the penalties first and 20. Which right, that's I, what I, I did hear say. that. They didn't tackle them for losses. I did they didn't that. tackle them for losses, right. So it was always second and six, second and seven, third and two. So when they did that, they made it. So, uh, right, and, and yeah. this new football – yeah, that's uh, right. Fourth down used to be a punting situation. Now anything under fourth and two, everybody's going for it, which, which makes point. three yards a, a, a better, better thing here. So that's my true. guy is, the reason I needed Jody, a, a New Yorker, i got to say that I despise the Yankees, I despise the Mets the whole bit. But in 1980, this guy, I think we don't win a championship without this guy because I don't think we make it to the playoffs, Sparky Lyle. Oh, I remember the reason, Sparky. The reason I say that is Tug McGraw's arm was done. I mean, he was out. He was shot. So after the old August first trading deadline, the Phillies picked up Sparky Lyle, and he wasn't even eligible for the playoffs. But in September, he saved four games. They shut uh, Tug down for a little bit, which gave him just enough to to cross the finish line, come to the Kansas City game in the World Series. But to me, I always thought that Sparky Lyle was the guy, even though he wasn't Schmidt, he wasn't Bowie, he wasn't yeah. Matthews, he wasn't those guys. It's but- a good name, and uh, thanks for the call, Bob. Um, my computer has frozen, Kyle, so if you can uh, help me out with this board, we will do that. Um, yeah, good names. Haven't heard a great one yet, but good names. Jody, let's uh, let's talk a little baseball, shall we? Yes. While I get my computer back on board here. Uh, first of all, just in, in a small note, two Phillies players got MVP votes yesterday. Uh, JT Realmuto finished seventh on the ballot, which certainly I thought deserved. I thought he had a great season. And uh, Kyle Schwarber got a vote or two to finish down, down on the ballot. Um, earlier this week, Dave Dombrowski holds a news conference. I'll get to the positive stuff in uh, in a moment. Uh, first, um, on Reese Hoskins, it certainly gave I thought every indication that Hoskins is going nowhere, and said that uh, quote he's not going to he, he won't work on his defense this winter. He actually improved metrically compared to where he was in the past. Oof. He yeah, well, it's a it's a long way to improve. He's not a Gold Glove first baseman. I'm sure he'll work hard in spring training. You have any thoughts on that? Um. It all depends on what you read between the lines. That, to me, said we're probably going to try and get somebody else playing first base at least part-time next year, that he's not a gold-glove guy, which means if Bryce Harper is going to miss some portion of the season, and we'll find that out hopefully this week because he's going to have the surgery and we're going to find out it is a major surgery or is it a partial surgery and how much time will Bryce be out of the lineup. When he comes back, he's going to be a DH again. I can tell you that. He's not coming back and immediately going into the outfield. But for the period of time that he's out and not DHing, well, Reese Hoskins would make a real nice DH and get someone over at first base who can actually catch the ball. That's what I read mostly into what Dombrowski said about Hoskins. Okay. Um, yeah. To me, the problem with that is you have more than a few guys who probably are best suited at DH. Another one being Nick Castellanos, and he talked a little bit about Castellanos, and he said he basically was discussing why is it that Castellanos had such a down year here after being such a good performer 
before he came, and this is what Dave Dombrowski had to say. One of his biggest problems, I mean, he has always been in a situation where um, he's not a real disciplined strike zone hitter. This year he was even um, worse in that regard. I'm not sure how much of it also was with dealing with all the adjustments that just come with signing with the new club, all the adjustment, new baby coming into the life in May, um, all of that. So there's no reason why he still should not hit with authority. He still drives the ball all over the place. He still has tremendous power. He's a hitter. Your thoughts? He likes the player. Um, I don't know that I've ever told you this story. I think I told it here on WIP. Uh, my father was in Lakeland, Florida, the day that Castellanos was the Tigers' first-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Um, he's there watching a Lakeland Tiger game, and he runs into Dombrowski, who he knows is the Tigers' general manager at the time. They're running their draft out of their minor league uh, offices, which the, their spring training offices, which nobody ever does. My father didn't even question. He just was shocked to see Dombrowski on the day of the draft there. And he said Dombrowski couldn't have been more excited. He said, we got a steal. This guy can't believe this kid dropped to us, blah, 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 blah. So he knows how long Dave Dombrowski has loved Castellanos. He was ecstatic the night he first got his hands on him as a member of the Tigers draft coming out of Lakeland. As a matter of fact, he loves the guy. He's making excuses for the guy. He's trying to find reasons why the guy didn't have the season that they thought they were paying for when they signed him this offseason. And he still hits the ball with tremendous power. I didn't see that. He kept that pretty well hidden over the entire course of the year. Um, so, yeah, Dave Dombrowski uh, basically backing his own guy is what I got out of that. And, by the way, he, he was a steal in the draft. He was a terrific player. Detroit-Cincinnati, not so much here this year. A new baby came into their life. I mean, okay, you know, well, I mean, that's the, you, get, you get a week or two when that happens to kind of – He's not the first new father in the history of America. Good point. Um, in Major League Baseball either. Yeah, that's right. kind of I mean, the age where all the players right. are having their having first babies. That's child. what they do. Now, yeah. I will say, I will kind of give a little bit of latitude, leeway, um, in that it was his first year with a new team. Oh, actually, Kyle has another thought on this. Yeah. Kyle, what's the other reason? I think the real reason is, and Dombrowski made every excuse but stopped short of this one, he moved into Ben Simmons' house before the season started. Oh. <laughs> bad juju there. Doomed for failure. Yeah, there's bad karma in that house. Um, we've seen guys come into new – big-time free agents come into cities and have a tough time. Francisco Lindor with the Mets – in 21, had a really rough time. This year, he was top 10 in MVP voting. It happens. Uh, and maybe that's what we have with him, but it was a pretty alarming season. Speaking of free agents, Jody, I want to get you on the record. We believe the the Eagles, the Phillies, will sign one of the four big-name free agent shortstops. you agree? Mm, I'd put it at about... 80% okay. probability. It's Fine. not 100, yeah. but it, it's a solid 80% they're going to get one of the big-name shorts. All right. So, in order, Jody, give me your preference of Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts, Carlos Correa, Dansby Swanson. Turner, Bogarts, Swanson, Correa, just because I think it's going to be outrageously priced and he's going to want – and opt out just like he did this past year, and he's a Boris client, so you're not going to be able to just plug him in. He He's the best fielder out of all of them. Uh, Correa is the best defensive shortstop. I'm, 
I'm pretty good because order. Swanson's pretty great too, but I agree right. with you. I'm putting them in the order that I would, if I were the general manager, preference my pursuit thereof. Correa would be last just because I think I know the price and I know I know his agent. Uh, so even though he might be more talented, I'm not saying he's the fourth most talented player, yeah, you're but saying he's, he's the fourth most desirable for me. I got gotcha. you. Uh, I think I'd go Turner Correa, and I'm not factoring that as much as you, so I'm ignoring it, but I hear you. Turner Correa, Bogart Swanson. And I do think they'll get one of them, and I think it's likely to be Turner or Bogarts, and that's a great sign. Either one is going to be a great signing. Uh, you put Bryson Stott at second base for the next decade. Uh, you got your shortstop. The only concern I have with this team is that their defense at first base, right field, left field is going to be pretty atrocious. And when Harper comes back, has the DH, you know, those you still have those three guys in the field, which is a problem. But two things, yeah. Mac. Uh, number one, on the shortstops. Uh, we just played the clip from Dombrowski, who did a pretty good job of defending a less than stellar year Castellanos had. So he has his guys. He likes to protect his guys. Bogarts is one of his guys. He had Bogarts in Boston. So yeah. I would tell yeah. you that that helps the possibility of Bogarts being the guy that the Phillies actually land. All right, and my question to you is, those three positions you just touched on, if I told you that one of them's got to be the DH, and I know it's not going to be every single day. You can rotate him. You can move guys in and out. Which one do you want to get off the field worst? Schwarber in left, Castellanos right, or Hoskins at first base? Despite the incredible highlight catches in the postseason, I would say Castellanos is the biggest butcher of the three. Yes. Yeah, now, you I could think. argue the first base is a more important position. That's exactly where I'm going. Yeah, and I get that. I And the errors he made were not good, but I think he's less of he's less of a defensive liability than the other guys. No, no, I think he's number one, and I think there's a pretty good gap between them. They're all bad. They're all below average, some of them well below average, but uh, the biggest problem is there's still one corner butcher open. Yeah, which was an absolute brilliant nickname that Ray gave them that, that will will live for a long time. Let's get Sean and Limerick. You're on with Jody and Glenn. Hey, guys. Uh, I want to talk to Philly too, so kind of perfect timing. So uh, if, if we are lucky enough to get Turner, do we put him in the, the one hole and move uh, forward to two and maybe keep Hopkins? He goes to like five or six. What do you think? I would, I would probably move Schwarber down. Um, uh, it, it, getting him middle of the lineup, hopefully guys on base, the home runs pay more dividends than leading off. I, I was a defender of Schwarber as a leadoff guy. He's not the perfect leadoff guy, but he was the best option that the Phillies had of the guys they had on a team. When you have Trey Turner, you have better options. You just put him in at number one and go on from there. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think Schwerber towards the end of the season really got hot, and it's, I don't know what his on-base percentage was, but he worked a lot of long counts. And uh, um, and I, I should throw another name out there. Probably if they don't get a shortstop, any chance they could get like DeGrom or go after him for you know a couple of years? Well, I think they're going to sign a pitcher too, uh, and I'm, I'll actually go over those names in a moment. I I would doubt DeGrom. Um, but I think there are some other guys who would really help them. Uh, who is your short-term hero, Sean? So this this guy was critically important to us winning a Super Bowl, and I, I got to say, I think like on the field and off the field, uh, he was one of the key leaders that helped us bring a championship to the you know, Super Bowl in Philly, and 
and then he was an all-time with the uh, with the parade. So, you know, what, what he wore to the parade. Uh, how about Chris Long? Oh, that's a great one. That's a good one. That's I a mean, that's, that's that's a really he good one. Such a leader on yeah. the field, off the field. He had some big plays. Yeah, and then. I still remember what he wore for the parade. I mean, it was classic. He had the fur coat. He had the Irish jersey throwback. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we – I mean, you could argue we'd still win it, but I think he was critically important. Yeah, I actually yeah. thought you were going a different guy on that Super Bowl team, but that's a great one. I I think, well, it's Kyle's to judge, but I think that, that's – That rivals mine. That's, yeah, the, that's pretty the, good. The closest one so far. Yeah. All right, Jody, uh, he brought up Jacob deGrom, who is 34 years old and one of the best pitchers in baseball, but so often hurt. Only played 11 games last year, so durability is a question with him. Uh, I'm going to run down the other top free agent starters, kind of get your one or two that you would prefer as we did with shortstop. So Verlander is out there. He just won another Cy Young Award. He's 39, but he's great. Uh, Will be very expensive. Uh, Carlos Rodon is a name that comes up a lot, coming off a year with the Giants, very good year, 30 years old, opted out, very signed a very smart contract last year that allowed him to opt out. Uh, Chris Bassett uh, pitched for the Mets last year, had a 3.45 ERA. Nady Evaldi of the Red Sox, Andrew Heaney, former Dodger, Jose Quintana of, uh, pitched for the Cardinals last year, and, of course, old friend Zach Eflin. What's your top one or two on that list? Um, see, here's the problem. You put them in a good order because you probably put them in the order of how I think they will pitch in this upcoming yeah, year. Yeah, I kind of put them in order of talent, yeah. Yeah, you did. Um, except I, I, I'm kind of a bigger Eflin fan than maybe others are. I know he did a nice job in the bullpen. What do you want to use him as next year? I think he's going to have interest around the league. I think he'd want to come back here to Philadelphia, but I think he'd want assurances that he's going to be in the rotation if he can stay healthy, which is always a question with Zach Eflin. Yes. But I I would go there again. Um, I I would not mind seeing Eflin come back and join them. I like Bassett. I, I need to know Bassett's number. Here's the big problem. The Phillies cleared about 60 some odd million dollars worth of payroll, accounting for increases for guys in arbitration like Alvarado and Hoskins and the like. With what comes off the payroll, what's added to it, they got holes and they got to fill them, um, but they got about 60 million to play with. How big a chunk is the shortstop taking? You 35 to, re- to 40. Yeah, yeah, so that lot. 60 becomes 20 real fast. Unless, they, unless Middleton says, hey, spend, 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 baby. A lot of cigars. And it was a phenomenal year, and I think he will get uh, yeah. more aggressive, not less aggressive, but not into the Steve Cohen range of spending. So uh, without knowing what their biggest offseason acquisition is going to be, it's kind of tough to say what they're and, – and, oh, by the way, that's why I only put the shortstops at 80%. Because if they decide Verlander's the answer and they pay him 35 well, then that might take them out of the shortstop bidding. Yeah. My thought on this is, and I, I don't think Verlander, DeGrom, um, my thought on this is I think Rangers, I, I'm looking for a middle rotation guy, right? So I got Wheeler, I got Nola. I think Ranger can be a, a three or a four. So on that list, I'll take a shot at Rodon. It might be too much. Uh, maybe take a shot at Bassett. Maybe too much, but I wouldn't. It wouldn't bother me if they got Jose Quintana, left-hander. 
That's okay yeah, by see, me. See, I've never liked Quintana. And I know he pitched well last year, and he pitched very well against the Phillies in the sure first did. game of the playoffs this year. I've never liked him. He's okay. just a junk too, baller. Who, junk baller for you? Yeah, a little too much. And you got Ranger, who's not a hard-throwing lefty, and if you, uh, you, okay. can, you have to All separate right. well, those if, two if, guys in the rotation. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Well, All right we'll, let me uh, give you one more uh, number if we're talking about Phillies pitching. Yeah. Write this number down, Mac. Right. 120. 120. That yes. is innings I'm going to get out of rookie starters. No. One no. particular uh, – you're so close to it, it's scary, but you're just framing it slightly off. The number – the maximum number of innings that Andrew Painter is going to pitch next year. Well, there you go. Okay. That's uh, not on the big league level, so uh, it's not rookie for the Phillies. He yeah. he will be capped at 120 because I've yeah. got a whole bunch of calls in between. Oh, and Painter, and Painter, and Painter, yeah. and Painter. No, 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 no. Painter's going to start the year in Double A. He'll pitch. He'll rest. He'll pitch. He'll rest. He'll get elevated to Triple A. He'll pitch. He'll rest. He'll be sat down. He'll pitch. Yeah. And if everything goes according to Hoyle and everything is great, he's got a chance to join the Phillies at some point next year. But the maximum number of pitches uh, innings he's going to throw is 120 next year. So if you're penciling him in as a major contributor for the Phillies in the rotation next year, not happening. No, Painter, Abel, who's the other kid? McGarry, Griff McGarry. Right. Uh, He's got a better chance to pitch more innings on the big league probably more ready, than Painter I, does. Yes. Yeah, but I'm optimistic about that. All right, we're way late for break. we got to take a break. We'll get your calls coming up in the next segment. I promise we look forward to talking to you. Jody and I start talking baseball. Things happen. 215-592-9494. Hey, United Tires Black Friday super pricing has arrived. Get some of their best tires at the very best prices. They are now offering up to $120 off select sets of BF Goodrich and Michelin tires. That's now through Cyber Monday. Call or go to unitedtire.com for sale details, or just stop by your local United Tire store today. The weather doesn't get much better from here, so if you're needing tires now, is the time to take advantage of great savings at United Tire. Don't drive alone. Drive United. What we're watching is sponsored by Guided Door and Window. Receive 20% off all windows and doors. Oh, I love that music. No money down. Up to three years to pay it off interest-free. Call Guided Door and Window today, 1-877-GO-GUIDA. Or visit them at go.guida.com. Are, are we going into the, the actor's playhouse? What, what's that interview show? <laughs> yeah, Lipton. Uh, James hey, Lipton. Yeah, yeah, James Lipton. You do a good James Lipton there. Thank right you, now. my friend. Um, so that was the uh, theme music that I spoke over. Should have probably given that a little time to breathe. I should have. But nonetheless, uh, to a show, Yellowstone, which for years has been one of my favorites. It is a great Western starring Kevin Costner as the owner of the Yellowstone Ranch, which is the largest parcel of private land in the country. There's a lot of intrigue in that show as they fight off land developers and poachers and other enemies and casinos, and he tries to keep the 100-plus-year-old ranch going. Great ensemble cast. Season 5 just started, so this is going to be fun because I just started Season 5, 
I talked to Jody earlier in the week, mentioned the show. Jody, never, you'd never seen an episode, right? Not one. So you started season one. Yes. I'm delighted that you did. At least I hope I'm about to be delighted. Before I review season five, give me your thoughts so far. Here's the backstory. Number one, not a Western fan. Never have been. Uh, going back to when I was a kid, you and I are of similar age or a couple years older than me, but we're close. Um, Bonanza never oh, did it for me. Um, any of the other Westerns. Gunsmoke. Uh, Chuck Connors. Yeah, nada. Zip, zero, zilch. Never a Western guy. I didn't play Cowboys and Indians as a kid. I played basketball and baseball. When I went out, my friends playing in the dirt, we didn't play Cowboys and Indians. Just it, it never rang for me. Some people did. Some people didn't. It never did for me. So that's not the kind of show, despite the fact that I'm a Costner fan, that I would go, oh, shoot, I got to watch that. But I never have. So you and I were texting, and you said, oh, the Yellowstone. I said, you know, I never watched it. You said, you can watch it. It's on Paramount. And I'm going, I don't have Paramount. And you go, yeah, you do. It's on your basic cable. I thought Paramount was Paramount Plus, which is a streaming service. Yeah, easy to confuse. And I didn't even know it was available to me for all these years. Not that I would have watched it anyway, because it's a Western, and I'm not a Western guy. But I said, all right, if Mac wants me to watch it, let me go watch it. So I put it up on demand and watched the first two episodes. Uh, I'm sure that it has gone 22 different places past the first two episodes. But the first two episodes were very good. And the characters are great. Yes. Costner is great in the yeah. role that he's in. And I don't think of him as a Western guy. I've seen enough of Kevin Costner in the many different roles that he's played. Much more a minor league baseball player than a uh, land baron in Montana uh, riding a horse. So he's out of character of what I think of as a Kevin Costner kind of character. He's really good at it. And his daughter is phenomenal oh well just wait oh really uh, it gets better than the first couple episodes she's it, already uh, i i can't wait to see what she does next and i've oh. only watched two plus episodes yeah uh i'm delighted that you like it i really am and i will tell you it has been one of my favorite shows over the years our mutual friend darren degatano is the guy who originally turned me on to it really and, yeah producer dutch Roger. way dutch way back in the day um that said it, season five of Yellowstone, um, uh, they had the the two premiere episodes, like a three-hour special this week, and I was so disappointed. Um, the show that used to be so great, and I describe, I know you don't like Westerns, but I describe it as Bonanza meets Secession. It's now Dallas meets Gossip Girl, and I and I wow. think it, yeah, it jumped the shark. It's now, in season five, it's like this low-grade melodrama. By the way, it set ratings records, uh, these debuts. It's one of the most popular shows in the country, but I looked on Rotten Tomatoes, and this was really interesting. In previous years on Rotten Tomatoes, 80 90% of the audience liked it. The first two episodes, 28% of the audience voted thumbs up. Um, it's tired. It should have ended last year. Maybe the future episodes this year will show improvement. Now that's happened with shows before. Starts slow in a year, it gets better. But Jody, I've, I'm like looking at my watch a couple times during the show, hoping it's going to be over. I've Oof, never done that. That's a bad sign. It is. The characters, the, the story arc's going nowhere. The characters are saying the same old things. The first two hours were like soap opera cartoons. Taylor Sheridan, who's the guy who designed the show, who's done some other great shows, he's got this new one with Stallone called Tulsa King. 
And he's got another one, 1888 or whatever year it is that he did, which is the roots of this thing. And then he's got another one coming out. And it may just be that he's got so many projects that he's just phoning it in. And they got these tired plot lines. Again, first four seasons, great. Fifth season, disappointing. Bad so start. Okay. That, you, that you started with it, please stick with it because you'll I, love it. Right. I got a lot to go through before I even get to season five. And it's so funny you mentioned Rotten Tomatoes, and this just dawned on me. I never thought of it this way, but I, I know you'll appreciate it. I compare Rotten Tomatoes to Pro Football Focus. <laughs> and oh, this is this is what that. I this is what I mean by that. Sometimes I'll look something up on Pro Football Focus and go, damn, they broke that down exactly right. That that's the exact same way I see it. And there are other times I'll look up their numbers and go, What the hell are they watching? That's not the way I see it. They, they couldn't be more wrong. They, they kind of diverse in the wood. And sometimes they go down the exact right path. And other times I say, where are they headed to it? How can that possibly be? And I feel the same way about Rotten Tomatoes because it is. It's a lot of personal subjectivity where I go, oh, okay, I see. The, I'm right in step with everyone else out there. And other times I go, are we talking about the same thing that they're reviewing here? Because that's not what I just saw. Yeah. It, it, it is, a, uh, I think, an accurate comparison between those two outlets. Listen, this is one of the best shows on TV over the last 10 years. It is one of my 10 favorite shows of this decade. Well, this decade, sure. It's one of my 10 favorite shows of the last 10 years. Okay. But so far, the new season is disappointing. But I'm, I am I want updates from you as you continue to watch this. I will do just that. Uh, now that I know I can get it, because uh, I don't have Paramount Plus, right. but I have Paramount, and it's yes. easy enough. So I immediately sat down watching an episode, got back watching another episode, started the third. I'll try and make my way through it as best as I can. Good work. All right. Jack in Santa Barbara has been hanging in. Hey, Jack. Hey, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm listening to the next. Ken Burns series on baseball here with the two of you. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you, guys, you guys are great. I can Thank listen you. to that forever. Hi, hey, Jody. How you doing, buddy? Jack, always a pleasure, bud. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I have a sports point, but uh, but first I want to make, make the point from the home base, and that is, Glenn, after your pregame show ended the other night, I, mm -hmm. I switched on the TV, and I said, oh, no, they didn't do this. And they did a piece from the art museum. Did you see that, Glenn? No, I was at the game. Okay. So, yeah. What'd they do? What'd they do? The steps? What'd they do? They did the interior steps with Robert Griffin III interviewing Michael Vick. Oh, Don I didn't see that Don feature, but I, I you sound like it wasn't good. I, I thought it was no, – I, I had heard very great, good things about but, it. But it was great, but, yeah. but, but to me, it jinxed the game. Oh. It was like because they went rocky with, with the perfect game. Uh, now, well. Jody knows as a baseball guy, when a pitcher's pitching a perfect game, you don't ever bother them. And, how did Rocky – hold on. How does Rocky jinx it? They 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 put the kid up on the steps at the end of the at the end of the piece. So they're only they're only halfway into the season, and everybody's talking about we got to go undefeated. And and I'm like, no 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 no, don't do this, don't do this. So wow. so I want to I want to talk about them getting out coached in the game 
and then I have a what what we're watching, and I have a hero. So All right. go All ahead. Right, let's do it quick because we got to hit a break. Yeah. So I thought they got got severely out coached in that game. Like Gannon, he's real easy to read on defense. Um, what we're watching, you guys need to watch the Vatican Girl. It's on Netflix, and um, okay, you, you'll you'll both love it. All right. Um, and then the hero is uh, Corey Clement. Corey Clement, pretty good. And thank you, Jack. He hung around for more than a year, so he may uh, have exceeded the term limits for this one. But I'll always think of Corey Clement fondly, and a local guy, too. 215-592-9494. Uh, we come back. We're going to check in with our Cooper Doc because a couple of key injuries that we need to discuss this week, and we will uh, be happy to keep talking to you. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now on 94WIP. Hurts takes the snap. He's back. He's looking. He swings it out on the far side of the field and running hard up to the 35 is Goddard. Now Washington running with the football. Are they saying it's a fumble? They're yep. running it into the end zone and the officials are calling it a fumble. It's a touchdown. I've got to see this again. It's a Washington touchdown and more importantly, Dallas Goddard is down on the field and I think he's really hurt really hurt and uh he was hurt on a uh, very apparent uh penalty face mask penalty that the referees missed uh and sustained a pretty severe left shoulder injury we're going to talk about that well we have unfortunately we have too much to discuss with our cooper bone and joint guest dr david gelt today doc nice to talk to you as always good to see you thanks for uh, the recommendation about uh, someone feed phil uh, actually uh, Oh, good. About the other week is very good. And the Philly episode is really, really good. It's really fun. It makes you want to go out and enjoy all those Philly treasures. I'm glad that you're enjoying it. Good. Just can't eat. A, just can't watch it hungry. That's all. No, you have to watch it after you eat. Absolutely correct. Uh, so, Doc, two injuries we want to get to today. Uh, one new, which is the Dallas Goddard one. You just heard the plan, which had happened. He seemed to suffer, I'm going to read here, a posterior shoulder subluxion uh, with a possible avulsion fracture. When he, you know, was hit with by two defenders, his arm landed at an awkward angle. Um, so he may have an avulsion fracture. If if he, they haven't given details. If he does, what does that mean, and how long would he potentially be out? Well, when you see an avulsion fracture and that's a, a break, so a little piece of the bone can come off. Um, it depends on where it is, and it came off with a little piece of cartilage too, which can you know, complicate things too. When it says subluxation, it means sort of the shoulder pop in and out, um, where it didn't dislocate or someone had to put it back into place, but sort of pop backwards. Um, that's why when it bangs together, it can sometimes irritate the bone and then cause a little fracture there, too. There's a fracture, you know, you have to let that heal, obviously. Um, so you're looking at, you know, that's four to six weeks if there's some other issues or you have to think about any other soft tissue injury like the, the cartilage, and you sometimes think about surgery, too, which 
All right. So we were hoping not. Uh, we were hoping to get him back before the end of the season for a playoff run. Uh, just for you know, callers or listeners' edification. Uh, through ten weeks, Goddard was second in the league in receiving yards among tight ends, first in yards per reception, first in yards after catch, third in yards per route. One of the best blocking tight ends in the league uh, could be, well, will be a big loss. Hopefully, will be back this year. So the other one we want to ask you about, Doc, is is Bryce Harper. And um, Dave Dombrowski announced earlier this week that he's going to undergo surgery on the damaged collateral ligament in his right elbow this coming Wednesday. But uh, I'm sure you saw this. They don't know until they open him up what he's going to need, um, if he's going to need a full Tommy John or something less than that. Give us your thoughts on what potentially they're looking at and what that means. Yeah, so when you see UCL injury, you know, especially with pitchers and throwers, that's a bad thing. The good thing he's not a pitcher, so um, you know, obviously he throws from the outfield, but with that and it won't affect him as much. They, if they do have to do a whole reconstruction at the Tommy John, you know, if there's a pitcher, he's out over a year, year and a half. Um, if he's you know, with him being that he'd do a DH, he can actually come back sooner. I think Jay Otani had it done, and he had it done in October, and then was back in May that same year. So there's a chance he can come back. He may miss like a month or two of the beginning of the season if, you know, if he has a reconstruction. Um, if it looks like it's just uh, a partial tear and they can sort of clean it up or you know, they don't need a whole reconstruction, obviously it's less time. Um, the biggest thing is his throwing. He's not going to be able to do that. Um, you know, so it'll probably be a DH for the rest of the year um, if they actually have to do all the whole oh. reconstruction. Jody, more DHs. Yeah. Uh, we don't need Bryce. It's a DH, right? <laughs> yeah. let's, let's, let's see. Let's hope. I'm sorry, Doc, to say it again? I said, we'll see. Let's hope that it's Oh, we'll see. Let's more. hope. Yes, yeah. we'll see. Let's hope. That's uh, official medical opinion is often yeah. we'll see. Let's hope. Yeah, <laughs> in, in both of these cases, both, with both Goddard and, and Bryce Harper. Doc, I know you're a listener to the show, and we always appreciate it. Do you have a short-term hero in Philadelphia sports history? Short-term hero. Um, if I wasn't listening, I have, uh, I'd have to think about that, so I don't have something off the top of my head. Um, and I guess you could say uh, Nick Foles is a short-term hero, right? He is. A little, little longer than the short-term we were looking at, yeah. but uh, nonetheless, you, you did come. You always come with stuff to bear. Uh, Dr. David Gelt, it is always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Thank you so much. All right. All right, guys. Uh, have a good one. I will talk to you. Jody, you and I didn't really talk about Dallas Goddard earlier in the show. It's a no. huge loss. Gigantic. Um, it's so funny because usually you replace a tight end with someone that you think that they're, they're, they're trying so hard to find a guy to step in and give them what Jordan Davis gives them. And they have not been able to do that just yet. And we'll see about the new older additions this week. Don't even bother. They, 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 there just isn't a tight end here available. I uh, got a couple of tweets. Oh, how about Gronk? Let's get Gronk off the retired list. <laughs> okay. That there isn't a replacement for Dallas Goddard, so you have to mix and match and do th different things. You know, my one knock against the defensive coordinator is he's stubborn and he's got his way of doing things and doesn't want to uh, move off uh, his general philosophies. Oh, they have to do that with Goddard because there's nobody you're plugging in who's going to give you what Goddard gives you. Hey, I saw John Spagnola at the uh, Otho Davis dinner earlier this week. Yeah, he's still available. I know you do commercials with Brent Selleck. I'm sure yeah, that he would. Yeah. He'd be ready to step back in and give it a shot. Hey, 
You know what? I would have faith that he could do that. Uh, James in Harrisburg joins us. Hello, James. Hey, guys. How are you? Doing Good. great. So a couple of things. Number one, I think that everybody is overreacting a little bit on on the problems that we have on on defense. We lost that game not just because the defense gave up yardage, but we had four turnovers, bad officiating. I like the signings, but these signings are not going to be a panacea. As long as, as the offense gets itself back on track, the yards we give up on defense in the run game are not going to come back to bite us. It only bites us if the games are close because we're turning over the ball and we're not executing on, on offense. As far as my uh, my uh, short-term Eagles player, I got to go way back, and I got to go with Adam Joshua Feely, who was called in when the <laughs> Eagles had an 8-3 and three record. McNabb went down. Coy Detmer went down on a Monday night game in San Francisco, and A.J. Feely came in and won yeah. four of the last five games to get us the number one seed um, in in the playoffs that year, and he ended up getting us a second-round draft pick when we traded him to the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. So that's my guy. All right. Not bad, Mac. And yeah, uh, I bad. remember A.J.'s success on the field. I thought at the time, truthfully, that it was kind of a, uh, a misnomer, a misleader. But damn if the Eagles didn't turn it into a second-round pick. I was actually more impressed with what they got in exchange for them than what A.J. actually did on <laughs> the field true. for them. That is true. Hey, quarterback factory, even then. Yeah. Uh, Sneaking Justin here. He wants to talk Sixers. Let's get a little Sixers talk here. Hi, Justin. Hey, Glenn. What's going on? Hey, Joey. How you doing today, guys? Doing Good great. guy. Good, good. Well, yeah, I want to talk Sixers. Maybe touch on the Eagles real quick and uh, give you an answer. I mean, the Sixers, it was nice to see that, like, because I watched the game from start to finish. And, you know, Maxie was hot in the beginning, and it was a good game. And, I mean, we were down in the beginning, and it was a little scarier at first. But it was nice to see when Maxie got hurt that all these uh, young guys stepped up. And it was just a little bit of... Uh, I don't know. For me, I'm a big, big Sixers. I mean, I'm a, I mean, I'm an all Philadelphia fan. I'm a big yeah. Sixers fan. It was nice to see they encourage, like, a little bit of encouragement, you know, to know that yeah. you know someone like Maxi go down and that we actually have people off the bench that are actually playing, like George Niang, who I yeah. usually well. Hate. Hold on, let me let me stop you here before you go too long because uh, I defer to my pal Jody Mack in terms of basketball. Jody, um, should we believe in that bench there? He's right about Niang. Uh, he has been. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel. I, I fear we lost Jody again. We're having a tough time. Give us. Uh, give us your short-term hero there, Justin. No, that's that's fine. That's fine. Well, real quick on the on the Eagles. Yeah. Um. Well, I, I just totally. You know, I don't think uh, Jalen had anything to do with that loss. And I, I have, even though uh, Dallas, like you guys said, is a huge, huge loss to us. I just think that. Uh, Jalen has elevated his play so much that he's got so many tricks in his hat right now that I think that he will be able to, you know, obviously with coaching and plays to make other things happen. And I still think that we should be perfectly okay without Dallas. I mean, obviously it's a big miss. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's a big loss. What helps them is that they, I mean, they have A.J. Brown. You know, they, they, So now if you don't have a tight end who's a particularly good receiver and they'll work in with the backup tight ends, but if you don't have a tight end who's a good receiver, you go with your receiving core. And they got 
A.J. Brown. They got Devontae Smith. Quez, I know he had the fumble, but I think they'll probably try to use Quez a little bit more. Pascal will play a little bit more. They're, they're deep at weapons. One thing they haven't done this year that maybe now they'll do without the receiving type end is they'll put the running backs in the passing game. I should look at the stats, but they sure have not used Sanders, Gainwell, uh, any of those guys, Boston Scott much, in the passing game. And to me, maybe that's something that by necessity they have to start to do. So that 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 kind of makes sense to me. 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494 with Jody McDonald. I'm Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. And when I when you bring up banking, most business people roll their eyes. Well, I can tell you that Meridian Bank customers don't feel that way. Now, sure, Meridian business bankers, they do the loan thing, and they offer great guidance on making your business more successful. But beyond that, Meridian also puts on great customer events, both educational and social, and they're a super group of people to be around. That is important. If you want to put some fun in your business banking, get started at meridianbanker.com. Hey, Joe, do you ever get those commercial jingles in your head? Oh, uh, there's one now that's bugging the side. I mean, it's one of the insurance commercials. (laughs) I love that one. (laughs) Forever, I will be remembering that. No, Kyle, don't. No, that's tremendous. Have you ever seen such an upbeat uh, aspect of diarrhea? (laughs) So imagine, like, you're a studio singer, right? And your agent calls you up and is like, hey, we got a commercial for you. You got to go to the studio and sing with some guys. Like, okay, fine. What am I singing about? And then they say, diarrhea. Right? That's I belted out, somebody. both literally and figuratively. I um, was um, on the treadmill the other day at the gym, right? And I'm running just absentmindedly. And I'm just like, I start singing as I'm running and I'm going, Daniel's plumbing. <laughs> Daniel's that's a good plum. one. Yes, that's one that uh, can bury itself in your cranium and gets right in there, baby. You're really a worm. All uh, right. Whoever it was I had the other day asked me, um, I think, was it Tucker? No, it's probably somebody who came after. Could have been uh, Francisco. Said, Jody, how many times in your career have you heard cars for kids? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I generally guesstimated about 10,000. That I've listened to that yes. uh, tune being sung about ten thousand times on the yep. varying radio shows that I do. Yep. I could I could sing it in my sleep like you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. By the way, guys, you know the uh, well, you know the Pennsylvania Lottery commercial the, this holiday season. The Carolers. Oh, it's yes, it's Did, back. You know what? Well, you know I looked it up because I was like that song has been around for as long as I can remember that commercial. Oh, probably before you were born. It, literally before I was born. Nineteen ninety four was when yeah. it uh, they first aired it. Now there's like variations, obviously, because of the different games that they have. But yeah, that jingle has literally been around my whole life. So nice. what they have done, at least last year, and I think this year is. They took the old soundtrack and just reshot the ad so it doesn't look like it's from 1994. But the soundtrack's the same. Everybody in the ad now is just just lip syncing. Yeah, except I think they also added the uh, "What a great gift!" That guy. No, he's been around. Has he? Oh yeah, he's been given that great gift for thirty. <laughs> yeah, he has. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's not new. 
Yes, that well, is that is another one. It. It's just like they just they they got. I guess they don't want to pay new singers to do it, so they just do. No, the one uh, that's been stuck in my brain of late, Mac, is uh, Tippy Top Insurance. Tippy it's, Top. It's for an insurance company that doesn't do jingles and mascots. So they point out they don't do jingles and mascots <laughs> by pointing out the other commercials, yeah, other yeah, companies yeah, that yeah. have these annoying, yeah. can't get it out of your head jingles that go with their insurance. Yes, I know of what you speak, and yes. it is. Uh, you know, I was in a Pennsylvania lottery commercial, right? Did not. Which one? So I the miss one, you. The one, well, the one uh, taken in a ballpark. It was about three or four years ago. Uh, actually, more than that now. Probably about five years ago that they shot at the soccer stadium in Westchester, but they wanted it to be a baseball stadium. And this couple is sitting there saying, like, ooh, hey, that was a real home run. Hey, you want to know what's a home run? The Pennsylvania lottery. Just like that stupid dialogue that they always sure. do. And so the commercial was um, the, these two very attractive young people in their 20s, and a ball flies over their head, and they go, oh, that was as close as can be. And it's like, you know what's close? I forget the dialogue, but that was it. And I play a vendor, and I walk down the aisle. They put me in a, in a green apron and uh, the thing, a tray of popcorn, mm-hmm. and I walk down the aisle going, popcorn, and I was, you know, and that was it. And then when the commercial came out, I, my popcorn never made it. They cut that, and all you saw of me was my elbow and my hip. Oh, at least you made it. I did make it. I did get paid for the day. Nice. And I met the guy who does Gus the Groundhog. I was going to say, were you having to share uh, time with Gus the Groundhog? I was. I literally met Gus the Groundhog. Really? Let me tell you everything I like about that guy. Okay, gotcha. All right. <laughs> well, he he is a puppet, but uh, well, the guy uh, who plays him is not a puppet. You mean but... like the best friend of the fanatic is what you're talking about here? Um, okay. No, I love the best friend of the fanatic. No, but I'm saying same relationship between Gus the Groundhog and. The no, this guy wanted everybody to know the guy who's the best friend of the fanatic is actually very discreet about it. The guy yeah, who played Gus was basically stopping people in the street to let them know he's the voice he's of Gus. Gus the, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Keep on scratching. That guy, that guy. <laughs> I, 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 and part of my hatred, I know, is that I was waiting for the commercial to come out, and then when it comes out, it's like, where the hell am I? What happened oh, to me? There I am. You see my arm and hip walking down the aisle. So I was a little disappointed. And, and you didn't use it to uh, box out Gus the Groundhog, which you might have wanted to do. <laughs> That that would have put your arm and your hip on the cutting room box. floor as well. Let me put it. I would have done a lot more than box that SOB okay. out if I given had the choice. Chance. I got you. All right. V and Sharon Hill checks in. Hello, V. Hey. You know, it's funny you guys mentioned on the Pennsylvania Lottery. My friend is one of the singers in that Christmas. No. Band. Yeah. She sings 5S5. I, yeah, is that and right? I actually nice. did a Pennsylvania Lottery commercial years ago. <laughs> you did one? Yeah. Did you more than your arm and hip get in it? Um, yeah, because I was the principal, so yeah. Oh, man. You're a, you're a star. <laughs> and, oh. and she did it much less braggadociously than apparently Gus the Groundhog. Well. No, yeah, I don't usually talk about stuff. I say if they see it, they see it. Well, good for, good you. for you. What was the commercial you were in? What, what was the theme? Um, it was a Mother's Day commercial. Oh, how nice. Right yeah. So, they don't run yeah. it anymore, I assume. Oh, God, no. Okay. It only ran for, what, 13 weeks? All I right. Well, there you go. I assume you so, got a nice little paycheck. Yes, I did. And, good for you. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> but right. I did want to talk about the Eagles. I think they got too much time off, honestly. They were out of rhythm. I mean, you saw them at the Phillies game. They were celebrating with the Phillies. You know, I mean, they're not used to having that much time off. And I think that took them out their rhythm, honestly. Might have. Uh, um, if, they said, if, that's, well, if that's the case, I got a couple words for them. Shame on them. That, yeah. that, you have to be able to do that. That's not right. an acceptable excuse slash explanation as far as I'm concerned. And I, I agree, but I just think that was part of the problem. And because um, I think at one point they said in 29 days they played three games. Three games. Yeah, that is correct. That is, and, that is correct because they, the, they had the they had the game and then the bye and then the Monday and then yeah. Yeah. So um, it, it may be, as Jody suggests, it's a pretty lame excuse. You know, that's the way the NFL season works. So this week they got six days rather than seven. So I don't know if that's good or bad, V. <laughs> right. All right. Who is a short-term hero, V? I want to go with 2017. And I liked him when he came because I felt he was a um, a good running back, Jay Ajayi. Ooh. Oh, I, 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 I thank you. I had uh, same position, different guy that year. Okay. Yeah, you can go a couple of ways with that one. Yeah. But Jay was more of a short-termer than your guy. They're both pretty short, but Jay yeah. was shorter. <laughs> Jay was half a year. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. I like Jay Ajay, and he, he did. He added a lot for this team. One quickie on something that our television uh, commercial actor star mentioned. Um the whole, hey, it's a good thing they got the loss out of the way line yeah. of logic and narrative, Mac Man. I don't really buy it much at all. But if you do and you want to stand by it, well, then one thing has to happen. They got to win this week. It makes this week almost a must-win scenario. If you want to sell the, oh, they got the monkey off their back and none of the media will be talking about it and it just lightens their load, okay, fine. Then you better go out and, as a seven-point uh, favorite in Indianapolis, go kick the Colts' butt. Yeah, it is the Colts. Uh, they're a bad team. I know they won last week with Jeff Saturday as the coach. I again I only the, I think the only play I saw was the Matt Ryan run. Uh the Raiders stink. You gotta you gotta go and beat bad teams. And they are they are one of those and you gotta get back, you know. They're not gonna go sixteen and one either. So there's gonna be some losses along the way. The Giants and the Cowboys. The Cowboys lost to Minnesota last week, but the Giants and the Cowboys are gonna be there. Cowboys and lost to so, the Packers. They got Minnesota to uh, I'm sorry, lost to the Packers. That's right. right. Yeah, the Bills lost to Minnesota. Still upset about that. Um, so you gotta you gotta come out and win. By the way, this hour is sponsored by Meridian Bank, regional presence, community touch, Meridian Bank, innovative business banking for entrepreneurial success. Let's go to Steve in Westchester. Steve, what do you think about Bryce Harper today? I <clears throat> I think he got the surgery. Oh, let me get you a speaker, guys. I'm sorry. Okay, please do. No props. Yeah, how you guys doing? Good. Um I was just curious on when can he start throwing after the surgery? Don't know. None of us know. Bryce Harper doesn't know. The doctor doesn't know. They haven't done the surgery oh, yet. We know. won't know that till after we until know gets... how big a surgery he has to have. Right. Until they get in there. I yes. gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. Um, 
Jody, but but let me say the, this. Oh, go ahead. I'm you sorry, safely go ahead. know he will not be able to play right field. I don't think. I think it. I think best case scenario, he's not going to play the first month. I think best case scenario is he starts throwing June. I right, don't know. Sometime July. in season, yeah. second half. Yep. All right, so he might be playing the outfield maybe in August if we're lucky, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. And that, as um, Glenn said, is best case scenario. There, there are other scenarios where Bryce Harper misses uh, more than half of the season and doesn't ever step into the outfield this upcoming year. We got to wait and see what the extent of the surgery needs to be. Yeah, I'd like to get that uh, right fielder into the DH position. He uh, he's not so good out there in right field. What are you talking about? Gold Glove award-winning plays in the postseason. Yeah. He's got that right. one play we're, down, we're North, the slide and catch the ball to the left-hand side. He may be an all-time great at making that play. Where Jody, a regular guy who has half the speed, would have caught that no problem. He's just a horrible outfielder. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes it makes it the plays look better. You had, you had something on Sue? Yeah, I wanted to see – I know he's um, – he seems like a tough guy in the league. Um, wondering if he would come in and, you know, maybe catch a whiff of uh, Fletcher Cox's act and see if he can, you know, maybe light a flame under him and say, hey, I, you know. I think, hey, you're, uh, I think you're wrong on Cox. I don't think it's that Cox isn't trying. I don't think it's that Cox is lazy or whatever. I think Fletcher Cox, I think we've pretty much seen that's – he, he doesn't have that much left. Yeah, well, Fletcher was, Cox has had a great career, and you know it didn't help him to play seventy plays last week. He's just not built for that, and I, I just don't think there's much left in the tank with him. I don't think it's attitude. I think it's, I think it's physically. Yeah. Well, I think his attitude was a little bit when he was asked to be a, uh, you know, a nose tackle in a three four. He did not yeah, like. I, I get he did that, not like but, that at all. Yeah, but that's a separate thing. I just think you're getting what okay. you got at this point. What? Uh, right. Who's your short term hero? Um, I heard the guy talking about 1980, and he said Sparky Lyle, and it prompted me to call. The only name I could think of is 1980. Wait, five games in September, baby. Marty Bystrom. Yeah. Ooh. That's, that's pretty good. Come on, Jody. That's a baseball that, guy. That's, that's got to be the winner. Good. Exactly. <laughs> and I did. I looked up Sparky Lyle. I knew Sparky came to the Phillies for a couple of seasons. I, I did not remember how... Uh, important he was, and his numbers justify the caller's point. He had two or three saves. He had pitched to a sub two ERA in the month that he was with the Phillies. I had completely forgotten that. Oh, I remember Marty Bystrom. I remember what he did in September, and I like your suggestion. Comes up at the end of the season, starts five games, five and zero, oh, one fifty ERA, thirty six innings. So he's going seven innings a start. Pretty damn good. One home run. I mean, that's a pretty spectacular debut. Never was able to replicate it. Nope. Year after that, only pitched nine games. I don't know if he didn't make the club out of spring training. Don't know what he had to prove. Then his ERA's 485, 460, 422, 508. But, man, he did have magic for a month. That is true. Oh, it's going to be Marty Bystrom and Steve Calton, righty-lefty duo for how many decades for the Phillies? Yeah, yeah. but here's Mar the thing. Marty never got there. On our contest today. You and I have recused ourselves as judges. Is that correct? Correct. It's Kyle all Quinn on Mr. Quinn. Kyle, tell us everything you remember about Marty Bystrom. All right, ready? Yeah. And there you have it. 
similar to everything I like about Gus the Groundhog. Exactly. All right, let's sneak in one more here. Ken down in Atlanta. What's going on, How are you doing? All right. How's it going? Good talking to you guys. Thank you. You got it. Hey, uh, I've been watching the Eagles since the early 60s with my dad. He would always yell at the TV, and uh, I never really did it. I understand the game. I love it. I love watching it. But the other night, it was like 9 on 11. I know they were down a guy a couple times where they didn't have a guy on the field, but when you can't see their safeties on the screen, how how do you win playing 9 on 11? doesn't work. You know what's really odd, Jody? If you heard an explanation, let me know. Um, you've got such great play in the first half of the season out of um, Bradbury and Slay. And it was noticeable from the start of the game, these cushions they were given to Washington. I mean, particularly Terry McLaurin. My God, they were 12 yards. They gave him, you know, 12-yard cushion. I didn't see it in the news conference that I watched. Do you know if Sirianni or Gannon addressed it during the week? Other than this is how we play football? No, that's what that's they what said. they gave. Uh, yeah, this is our defense. We but it, will but, not but it be wasn't. giving up the big plays. If but you want to was... beat us with a thousand paper cuts, go ahead and try. Guess what? The Commanders did, and they beat you. Yeah, but McLaurin wasn't paper cuts. McLaurin was chopping down the whole tree. Yeah, anyway, they still all right. Give up an over-the-top play. Well, all right, Ken. Uh, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. That's okay. No, I think they need to give Seth Joyner a call. Get that guy in there. <laughs> he played on one of the best defenses that never won a championship. I, so. I, I think Seth's enjoying working on the same network as right. Jody doing. Yeah, I can't blame him. Yes. Yeah. All right, who's Give your short-term hero? Team. It's got to be Legarrette Blunt. That's a good. He was only on there one year, yeah, and he, he scored good. a crucial touchdown in the Super Bowl. Yep. And he was a good guy um, yes. when he was here. He came in with a with a bad reputation. Um, some of it stemming from stuff that he did back in college in Oregon when he slugged the player. But uh, he was a very good guy when he was here. And I remember when um, they made a move during the season and he was going to get fewer carries and he was asked about it. He said, I don't care. I just want to win a Super Bowl. And, and he did. So there you go. 215-592-9494. He is Jody McDonald. I'm Glenn Mack now. Take your calls in the next segment right up till 1 o'clock. we got Gobert's Radio again today. Is that correct? Yep. James and Elliot? Yes, I believe well, so. Double there check. you go. Coming up right after us. But we're here till 1 o'clock on 94 WIP. And it's time for me to tell you about United Tires uh, as soon as I can find the read. So I apologize. There we go. United Tires Black Friday Super Pricing has arrived. Some of their best tires at the very best prices right now. Now, they're offering up to $120 off select sets of BF Goodrich and Michelin tires now through Cyber Monday. Call or go to unitedtire.com for sale details or stop by your local United Tire store today. The weather doesn't get better from here, so if you're needing tires, now is the time to take advantage of great savings at United Tire. Don't drive alone. Drive United.
Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack, now this hour is sponsored by Meridian Bank. Regional presence, community touch, Meridian Bank. Innovative business banking for entrepreneurial success. Mike Sielski, who normally does Saturday with me, is uh, traveling to Indianapolis. So Jody, who does Sunday, I appreciate you stepping in today. We talked at the start of the show, you mentioned briefly when I just, I think I said, brisk day in the Delaware Valley. We ended up talking about (laughs) Buffalo. Um, So I talked to my uncle last night who lives there in a, in a suburb. There? Yeah, it's a near suburb called Kenmore. I said, geez, what's, I'm watching the news. It's like unbelievable. I'm seeing four feet of snow. It's, you know, there's a guy who was doing a great thing on Ross Tucker's um, <clears throat> Twitter timeline, which was measuring the snow via the height of cans of Labatt's beer. So when he uh, last posted, it was seven Labatt's high. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of snow, that's and that's a nice cold beer. That's good. <laughs> right. That's a good thing. But I called my uncle. I said, oh, my God, what's it like? He said, nah, we got like three, four inches. I said, what? And and I remember because, you know, I grew up there. It's weird, and I'm not going to tell you in any way Buffalo is uh, anything close to tropical. But if you live in or north of Buffalo, and I grew up just north of Buffalo, you get snow. But you don't get that if you live south of Buffalo, which unfortunately is where they built the football stadium, Orchard Park. You're right, contiguous. You're right next to Lake Erie, and what happens is when the when the cold weather comes over Lake Erie, I can't give you the whole weather station thing on it, but the moisture adds to the snow, and that's where they get the four feet of snow. So they canceled the game. They're going to play in Detroit on Sunday. If they can get there, they were talking about today, they didn't know how they were going to get to Detroit. Um, Part of me, Jody, was so disappointed because it would have been such a great game to watch. But I also understand that, like, they didn't want people, you know, dying getting to and from the stadium. Right. And they they had no way to clear that snow out of the seats. Do you think Bill's Mafia is going to let a little snow get in their way from no, pre-game uh, activities? Not a chance. Not a prayer. That's the problem. Yeah. Is so they would try protect, to get there. They're protecting their fan base is what yes. they're doing more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. But it would and have been so and, much fun to watch. Uh, uh, quick story. I've been to Buffalo twice in my entire life. Despite you and I being partner for seven years, you yeah. and I never took a Buffalo road trip together. No. No. But I went with a girl one time. She lived in Buffalo. But I drove all the, uh, through the night, got there the next day. We're going out with a friend of hers the next day. And the phone rings, and it's this girl that we're supposed to be meeting. And she says to my friend, Kimmy, uh, we better, like, push up our time to meet. And uh, why? Well, we got about a foot of snow. Now, Kim lives in Buffalo, and we look outside. There's not a flake to be seen. Yeah. But her friend, as you just described, must have lived south, yeah. and Kim lived in the north end of Buffalo. Not a flake, not yeah. one. And she's on the phone with her friend, who also lives in Buffalo, going, we've got about a foot. I said, how far away did she live? She goes, 15-minute drive. I said, how can that be? How could she have a foot of snow, and we're a 15-minute drive away, we don't have a flake? That's Buffalo. That's the lake effect. The dumb part was putting the stadium down there, of course. Uh, And they did. I saw a survey this last week of Buffalo fans. I don't know how scientific it was or just a Twitter poll. But do you want a dome for the next stadium? 80-plus percent said no way. No. (laughs) I would have guessed 90. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jody. Before we go back to the phones, let's pick some NFL games this weekend. Uh, we want to do three apiece. You go uh, take one. I'll take one. Hey, fair enough. 
that's easy enough for me. Um, three games I like tomorrow. I'm going to take my J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 plus points at New England. I know New England has been a team that they just can't seem to beat, seeing as they've already beaten the Bills and the Dolphins this year. That would be the only one left. Lost to them a couple of weeks ago. They're playing better football. They're actually in a playoff position. Shoot, depending on how the results of the other games go, they could be in first place in that division by the end of the weekend. They're getting three and a half points. I think they're going to beat the Pats outright. You know how big a Justin Fields fan I am. The last couple of weeks, he has been amazing. The Bears have won. Wait, exactly. I mean, let's do one and I'll do one. We'll go back okay, and forth. Okay, sorry. Back and forth. All right, that's back. fine. All right, so you like the Jets. I Plus am going to I'm going to pick on, on the stink game of the weekend, which is the Rams at New Orleans, Saints three-and-a-half-point favorites. So the Rams now have six offensive linemen on injured reserve, and a seventh guy was ruled out yesterday. Um, most of the guys who are going to play offensive line were not even on the team six weeks ago. And by the way, no Cooper Cup. Uh, and by the way, uh, Matt Stafford is, just was cleared from concussion protocol. I know how bad the Saints are, uh, and I know the Saints have a tough time stopping the run, which I'm sure is going to be the Rams' approach. But I cannot believe that the Rams are going to be able to do it with basically nothing left on offense and no offensive line. I am going to take the Saints, given three and a half, and probably regret that one. Yeah, that is the stinker game of the week. It's a stinker game. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you've got a good feeling about it, you should pick that game. I say that to all the people who pick games. Um, My second game is Bears. Justin Fields has been phenomenal the last three weeks, doing things that no other quarterback's ever done in the history of the NFL. The Bears are the first team. I saw this stat last week, Mac-Man. First team ever in the history of the NFL to score 29 or more points in three consecutive weeks and lose all three games. They did. (laughs) Uh, They're not going to lose this week. They're down in Atlanta. I think Fields will have another big game. I think this is the week that they finally score more than 29 points and actually win a game. I'll take the three points to cover my backside just in case, but I think the Bears, like the Jets, will win outright as an underdog. Okay. I take the the worst game of the week. Now I think I'm going to take the best game of the week, which should be uh, Cowboys at Vikings. Uh, 425 tomorrow. I'm sure I didn't even look. It's, I'm sure it's got to be the national game on CBS. Um, the line was really weird on this. The Vikings are plus one and a half at home against the Cowboys, unless you got a different line. That's what I saw no, on Thursday. That's, okay. that's, it's moved a little, but that's where it's at right now. Yeah, um, and, and I'm not a big Kirk Cousins fan, but, I mean, he's he's stood in the pocket. He's made a lot of that game against the Bills, man, he made a lot of good throws. Um, I do think the Cowboys' defense is probably going to put a little more pressure on him than the Bills did, so he's going to have to kind of prove it again. I know the Cowboys are coming off a loss, um, and the Vikings are coming off an all-time great win, and so that says, you know, take take the Cowboys, but... The Vikings at home have a great crowd. I don't think they should be underdogs to the Cowboys. I think Justin Jefferson is a monster. Uh, and if a wide receiver, I guess Cooper Cup might have won the MVP last year. He's another wide receiver who should get thought in the MVP vote, certainly top five. This is going to be one of those games. I think the Vikings are going to win it, and people are going to debate afterward, is Dak Prescott any good? I'm going to take the Vikings at home against the Cowboys, plus one and a half. All right, I'll go to that game as well, but we'll make it a send game parlay for everybody. 
Um, but despite the fact that the Eagles took their first loss, so now they and the Vikings have one loss apiece, and we're complaining about the Eagle defense. Viking defense is worse. I don't like their defense a little bit, but I love their offense. And, yeah, I think they're going to move the ball against Dallas's defense, but I think Dallas is going to put up points, too. The over-under moved up from 47.5 to 48, so it's moving in that direction. I still don't think it's moved enough. I think this game is played in the 30s by both teams. So I'll take the over 48 in the Cowboy-Viking game. All right. Well, there you go. So the Vikings win at 27-24. We're both happy. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, so my third game, I'm looking at a couple here. I think I'm going to take the, the Bengals. The Bengals are playing a lot better right now. Um, again, if, my, if the number has changed, I have the Bengals just given three and a half to the Steelers. I'm um, looking for it right now. Yeah, three and a half. Yeah, okay. And I know the Steelers, they got it going a little bit last week. They, their run game is actually pretty decent. Um, it's a division game, which we saw last Monday night here in Philadelphia. Can affect things but i still think that line is too low i think the bengals have gotten it back in gear and i think the bengals win this thing by five six seven points or more so there you go so i'm going to take the uh bengals at pittsburgh i'm going to take the vikings at home over dallas and i am going to hold my nose and take new orleans minus three and a half over the battered up one-time Super Bowl contender Rams. And you? And I got the Jets plus three and a half, the Bears plus three, and over on the Dallas-Minnesota game at 48. All right. There you go. Thank you very much. Ooh, can you close it the way you used to close this segment? Uh, bet with your head, not over it. That's my favorite uh, wagering. Or hope you're cashing them, not trashing them. Which there it is. Jody Mack catchphrase do you like best? Uh, the cashing, not trashing was always okay. my favorite. There you Loved go. it. Zach in Royersford is with us. Hello, Zach. Hey, how you guys doing? Doing great. Good. That, that Saints pick, that's a rough one, man, let me tell you. Oof. <laughs> yes, I know. Um, but you know what? The money's the same. Right. Spence's the you're, same. Right. Yep, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I agree. Um, so, yeah, I, I just wanted to follow up on what Jody said a little earlier with the, the narrative of, you know, if losing that one game was a good thing or not, you know, this week is kind of like a, a must win. Um, I, I agree with him. I, I think that um, last week was kind of fluky um, on all you know on all sides of the ball. Um, you know penalties, um, referees, just play everything. I mean it was just kind of just a a fluky game all around. Um, and I think that this week is is a lot more important than people give us credit for. Um, I think because like the Colts, we know that the Colts aren't really a great team. Um, you know they just downed a linebacker that's arguably one of the you know top ten linebackers in the league in my personal opinion. Um, I think this is the week where we need to see Jalen Hurts' legs. Um, we need to see we need to see the wheels, and we need to see the running backs. You know, kind of get more involved, whether it's through screen plays, um, you know, whether it's you know double tight ends, because you, you know yep. we all know that we we can't replace Dallas Goddard with one person. I mean, it's going to take three or four people to. You to, I'm going to interrupt you for a second because you mentioned sure. the thing that I, I brought up earlier, which is um, it was Jody. I think when you zonked that one time. I want to see him throw to the running backs. They have done that so little this year. You lost your tight end. It's a good time to be doing that. 
I agree, and we have somebody in. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a so I'm a diehard Darren Sproles fan. Um, he's one of my favorite players to ever play the game, and we kind of have like a replica of him in a sense with Boston Scott. He's a little bit smaller, but he does the same things that Darren Sproles does. And Darren Sproles, one of the great things about him was in open space and in the short like passing game, he was incredible. I mean, he could get through the tackles. You couldn't see him. He was just so small. So, like, you know, I would love to see a Boston Scott, you know, screenplay or a Miles Sanders screenplay with a head of steam. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think against the Colts team, that's kind of inferior to us. I think this is the week where we need to we need to absolutely see that because, unfortunately, the you know, the one and the two seeds, they don't get buys anymore. It's just the one seed now. So playing for that one seed is a lot more important than I think people, people realize. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's just my personal point. opinion. Zach, I got to hit a break. Very good points by you. Uh, who is your short-term hero? Did anybody say Nick Foles? I mean, he was only with yeah, us for a year. Yeah, he was he not. That's not short-term. Nick was here a lot of years. Nah, Nick, Nick, Nick won short-term. Before, before and after. Yeah. Uh, he did his magical thing. Here's my one thing about the screen game, Mac. I don't think just uh, I don't think Jalen Hurts is great at it, mm. and I think that's why it's the mm. size part of their packages that it is because I just don't think that's something he's very good at. I don't want to say anything bad about Jalen Hurts because he's been so great so far this year, but that I don't think that's a strength of his. That's a uh, point taken on that, Jody. I had not thought about that, but you are probably right. All right, we'll come back, sneak in a call or two, uh, find out what we forgot to talk about. Oh, we'll pick the Eagles game when we get back. Most important thing. Jordan McDonald on Glenn Macnow. Hey, United Tires Black Friday Super Pricing has arrived. Get some of their best tires at the very best prices now. Now, they're offering up to $120 off select sets of BF, Goodrich, and Michelin tires now through Cyber Monday. Call or go to unitedtire.com for sale details or stop by your local United Tire store today. The weather hasn't isn't going to get any better from here. So if you're needing tires, now is the time to take advantage of great savings at United Tire. Don't drive alone. Drive United. This hour is sponsored by Meridian Bank Regional Presence Community Touch. Meridian Bank, innovative business banking for entrepreneurial success. All right, this is the time of the show where we pick Eagles game. Jody, I hold in my hand a folded piece of paper, and on it, you can hear it, is the exact final score of tomorrow's Eagles Titanic tilt against those Indianapolis Colts. You go first, and then I'll give you my pick. If memory serves, the last time I filled in for Mr. Sielski on a Saturday and you and I did this, our pick was either exactly the same with the score or within a point or something ridiculously close like that. Don't know if we'll reproduce that, but let's give it a shot. Uh, Last week, my prediction for the Commanders and the Eagles was Eagles 31, Commanders 20, Mm. which told me it was a better wager to play the over in the game than it was to play the Eagles minus 11 points because I had it right at 11 points. And, yes, I hit with the over. Thank you very much, Eagles and Commanders. I'm going right back to the same score. 
I think this will be a higher-scoring game. I think the, the Colts will run the ball effectively despite the new addition, new old additions of the Eagles. But I think the offense has a uh, breakout game, puts up a 31 spot even without Goddard. I've got 31-20 Eagles over Colts. Well, my score is uh, fairly similar, actually, and on, it is the it is the same score I took last week, which proved to be very wrong, which is 27-17 Eagles. And I'm going to go back to it, and I'm going to give you two guys who are going to be key to this win. Um, defense, I'm going to take Javon Hargrave. They need better plays from the tackles. He's been the best tackle they have this year on defense. Uh, seven sacks already this year. First Eagles defensive tackle with seven sacks in back-to-back years since 2000-2001. When it was Corey Simon. Oh, I'm sorry. Was it Corey Simon? Yeah, Corey Simon. Yep. Oh, I was going to go Andy Harmon. Uh, you know what? That's probably a good guess. I think Andy Harmon was before that. Okay. He was 90s. Anyway, uh, well, I think say? he's going to be 2000, 2001? 2000, 2001. Yeah. Oh, my bad. I thought you said 90s. <laughs> no. Uh, and I think on offense, and we talked about this a little bit, Goddard's out. Opportunity is there. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith have been great. Quez Watkins had the big catch. Former Colt Zach Pascal will make mm-hmm. plays this week and be a big part of it. Will have an impact on the win. Eagles fans will be able to relax a little bit as they beat the Colts 27-17. And that's 27-17. Ooh, that's 44. The under over is 45, so you're very close. No, I would avoid that bet. You're a slight under guy, but yeah. uh, makes it a non-play for you. Makes that a non-play, but the spread last I saw was 6.5, so I would I would bet the Eagles in the spread. As would I. All right. Colin in Limerick, what are you thinking? Hey, hey, guys. Thank you for your service. Um so I was thinking about the uh, about them going undefeated. While it would have been cool for them to go undefeated, um, I like how it's no longer a distraction for the team because football is such a mental game. Um, distractions can make a make a a big difference. Yeah. They they can get past it, and they don't have to worry about the questions after every game, before every game. Um, just just constantly being bombarded by it, uh, and. They they can just move past it. Right. Not have to worry about that distraction. Colin, who's your short term hero? All right, it was between two wide receivers, but so it's. I, I was going to say To. Um, but because, now you're not. Now who are you going to say? Pardon me. Who are you going to say? Um, I was I was also going to say fourth and twenty six. I want to thank my hands for oh, being so great. Wow. Freddie oh, was Freddie here Mitchell. too long. No, somebody already said To, and Freddie was here too long to qualify. That was a horrible call. <laughs> All right, uh, real quickly, just give us your short term hero, Joe. Who you got? Uh, Joe's not ready. All right, Mike and Media. Who's your short term hero? All right, he's not ready, which is good, because now we will turn it over to Kyle Quinn. Oh, but wait, let me give you mine. Uh, okay. I know I'm yours... ineligible for the prize. Yeah, but yours was not mentioned. You you kind of hinted that yours was going to be LeGarrette Blunt, right? LeGarrette Blunt, or the other one that I really liked that wasn't mentioned was Jimmy Butler. Ooh, yeah. Now, that's high level. Yeah. Uh, he... he... And you didn't say it couldn't be high level. You just said no. short term. Yeah. And Jimmy Butler was really high level for a short term. I yeah, thought of Butler, too. Wish um, they'd kept him around. But I tried to bring my guy a little bit further back toward Jeff Garcia 
at the time, which was kind of a surprise. When Butler came, we knew he was going to be good. We just didn't know how good, and we didn't know if he was going to stay or not. My guy is Matt Stairs from the 2008-2009 Phillies, acquired in-season, contributed to a championship, was there when they won the pennant again the next year, and came back thereafter to become an announcer for the Phillies. And, oh, by the way, I'd go, yeah, but he was 40 years old. He played for two more teams after he left the Phillies, Mac. Oh, he played for almost every team in the major leagues at some point. To get it to an even dozen teams that he played that for. The Phillies wow. were only number 10 of 12 wow. at age 40, so I would have gone Matt Stairs. Matt Stairs rips one into the night. It's one of the great play-by-play calls ever uh, by Joe Buck. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, but mm. Stairs was not mentioned. Butler was not mentioned. LeGarrette Blunt was not mentioned. So, Kyle Quinn... Yeah. Who you got? Well, I was disappointed in the lack of Phillies mentioned. No one came up with Pedro, Pedro Martinez. Oh, I loved him. Um, I love Pedro as a Philly. All right. Yeah. So we didn't exactly specify. There were not rules laid out here of whether it had to be impactful in a positive or negative way. Well, so, hero would kind of suggest. Well, okay. On. An anti-hero. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so, Again, you are the judge. I so. am the judge. That's correct. So uh, I think fitting both criteria there, negative and positive impact, it's got to be my guy, T.L. He was the first one I thought All of right. when we came up with this. Well, it was a hell of a year. And who uh, is Davener? That is Joe in Merchantville. Congratulations, Joe. You win a $50 gift card to Shy Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Visit their new store in Lancaster Avenue in Wayne or check them out at shybsports.com. All right, Kyle, what did we forget to talk about today? All right, uh, a little bit short on time. I'm just going to give you two here. So first one is possibly uh, symbolic of how the uh, season has gone for the past week or so by the Flyers, but I don't know if you guys saw or saw his face or heard about this. John Tortorella got kicked in the face by one of his yeah. own horses, man. He busted up. <laughs> He, it looked like he was yelling at somebody in the locker room. He's keeping it in the locker room, Mac, and somebody didn't like the critique and kind of popped torch. That was a uh, very noticeable scar on his face. Yeah, it was pretty ugly. It was like a hockey guy face injury. Like, he has the black eye. The nose right. is busted up. He looks like he's missing a tooth. Nope, it was a horse. Yeah, right. How'd you hurt yourself? I got kicked in the face by a horse. You don't hear yeah, that okay. too often. No. All, All right. right. Uh, so let's go back to this Sproles thing because we'd brought up the fact that he was on Kay Adams' show up in Adams, and uh, he had some interest, uh, interesting stuff, including the fact that he wants to come back to the Eagles to return some punts, but uh, sort of slipped this one under the radar here. Uh, he confirmed the reports that he did confront Carson Wentz in 2017 about being a bad teammate. So let's hear from Darren Sproles. We had some words, but it wasn't like it wasn't as big as like what everybody is saying but it's like uh i had to make them like kind of like realize that that you know what i'm saying like you gotta be happy for the team like you know what i'm saying like uh we're all mad uh um that we're not playing like you know what i'm saying like uh we always hurt but but it's still that you still gotta be happy for the team we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds what could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds let odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs advertise with odyssey visit ads.odyssey.com